In a world where combat sports changes on a dime, two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared it to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign it. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sandhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Now Jermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. You hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh God, he might have me. Do you think Peña has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think it's that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our persons against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations of Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left by a while, so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts and this is what has allowed youtubers to come in and take over the sport and much much more i have them this weekend i'm just gonna let the board fall to me dalvin cook zeke cmc hopefully i can get one of those running backs i did my draft tonight as y'all can see with my Vikings jersey on you have like your really really top tier wide receivers but then there's a pretty big drop off they didn't speak english so like the UFC like wasn't giving them title fights as fast as people who did speak. So it absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like I not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky, we've seen Cejudo on Dynamite, we've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite, we've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez, like it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually actually just did that. Fightful, 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 Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekend of Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RBD Tito for Life. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live Rounds. The Marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds, episode 56. Got Steven back. Um, pretty much going to go over the Forbidden Door. We're going to talk about the debut of Claudio Castanoli, formerly known as Cesaro. Um, hit up uh, Money in the Bank predictions, which I have no idea what the card is. So those Me are either. always fun when Steven drops those and because I, 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 I'm because I'm reading them for the first time out loud to you too. Right. So like we really neither of us know what to expect here. So makes it a lot of fun. And then uh, we'll also try to definitely get in our UFC 276 predictions. So um, yeah, lot to go over tonight. And uh, how you doing, Stephen? Doing well. Thank you to everybody who reached out while I was battling COVID. Uh, it sucked for like a week, week and a half, but like. I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, happy to be here. Thank you to Brandon for filling in for me last week. I really appreciate him doing that. Um, and uh, and yeah, there's a lot of good stuff this weekend. I mean, there's we probably won't talk really about it, but like we got like Impact Against All Odds on Friday, UFC and Money in the Bank both on Saturday. There's probably a bunch of indie stuff going on this weekend that's just like been off my radar just because still playing a little bit of catch up with a lot of stuff right now just from being sick. But um, but. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff to talk about this week for sure, and uh, and yeah, also just throw this out there real quick. I am getting really, really excited for NFL season. Like we're like, getting closer. I see you're wearing your NFL your, your Cowboys stuff, and like I've been I've been getting back into like listening to the podcasts and stuff, and like I'm really. What do we got? About a month or so until like the preseason starts. So uh, I mean, like July, late July is like when preseason might start like it's early late july or early august but like training camp is only about a month away yeah so getting getting close i'm getting excited. that's when things really start to uh to come into form you know because there's injuries and there's things where trades start to happen and you know maybe somebody will take baker mayfield or jimmy garoppolo you know one day i don't know um sounds like we'll find out Deshaun Watson's fate pretty soon so there's that and uh yeah it's it's gonna be a fun season what's the deal with Garoppolo is he just like is he like too expensive for people to like want him right now or something or just because no, he doesn't seem like he's a bad quarterback like he, he he's coming off of injury and he is somewhat expensive so yeah. that's that's really the thing it's like I think I think he's close to I, I don't know off the top of my head I could look but I think he's close to around like $25, $30 million. So it's not an easy salary to pick up. So basically what you would want to do is get a trade and then sign him to a new deal so it doesn't cost that much against the cap. But are you wanting to commit that much? You know, because like there's only really a couple of teams right now that are looking for a quarterback. And it sounds like Seattle and Baker can definitely happen. And then Carolina yeah. makes the most sense for Jimmy Garoppolo. So, which I mean – Listen, somebody's got to get over there to give Tom Brady some type of competition. Otherwise, he is just going to take first seed all day because there's just nothing there in that division. It was wild because last year, the Panthers, uh, was it Sam Darnold who played like a good chunk of the season? And he like, and he was like, but he was super all over the place. Like I actually needed him in like a couple like sticky situations in fantasy where like, I've talked about it on the show before, but I play in a two quarterback, like we start two quarterbacks in our league. So like, it's really, it, it, you, you have to really 
use free agency like when you can and stuff and like so i had to use uh donald a few a few weeks and he would have like a 30 point week which would be like great out of like a guy got off free agency and then he would throw for like negative yards like the next two weeks like it was like so all over the place um so yeah i don't yeah and i'm i mean i'm excited to see like like Russell uh, Wilson in Denver and stuff. Like yep. this is going to be an interesting season. Like Aaron Rodgers, like there's always going to be that drama in Green Bay of like, you know, if he's happy or well, not and if they're winning and like. Well, and know. what does he look like without Devontae? Like that's right. going to be huge. And then, I mean, it's pretty much known that he only has a couple of more years left. So it's, it's one of those things that uh, if it's such a bad season, does he want out way before that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a lot, Devon, lot of things to see. Devontae went to the Raiders, right? Yeah. So, like, Which that's I mean, going to be like, a good team with Derek oh. Carr and um, Waller, that tight end. Yep. And yeah. uh, not only that, like, that just whole division. Like, the Chargers, the the Chiefs, the Broncos. Like, that, that is prime time all day long. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, all that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing is, yeah, I'm sure you want to get rid of Jimmy G, but man, what is Trey Lance? Like we we just haven't seen it. That's 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 a big one. I mean, because that's the thing with like why I'm so content with Kirk Cousins is like because I I I think he's comparable in a lot of ways to Garoppolo. Like Garoppolo's like been to the Super Bowl like multiple times, right? Like yep. I mean, that's that says something about you i mean like a lot of quarterbacks never make it to the super bowl their entire careers and like and like cousins i think gives the vikings the best chance to win of like any option that we have but i also like recognize he isn't like a top 10 quarterback really like on paper but you i mean who knows what the new coaches and the new gm and like the whole new mindset the vikings have now so like that's you know we have a great team on paper this season so i'm i'm looking forward to it. i know the cowboys are looking good too like for me dax is always the biggest kind of question with the cowboys and i feel like y'all i feel like y'all know at this point what uh what zeke is like you know yeah. like you know i don't think he's i don't i mean i think pollard's a better running back like i would rely yeah. on him more you know like and zeke makes a ton of money so he's probably out yeah. in like a season or so right so oh listen like we 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 will cut your ass if you <laughs> right. have a chance and so like next year like he is he is gonna either have to completely rework his deal or he is just a goner so yeah, yeah i'm not not too concerned and with Dak, like i think it's a huge year for him because they did get rid of amari so it's like you know he's his receiving core is not going to be the same and it's a lot's going to be riding on him so it's a big year for for a lot of people um but we we love to get young and and listen like i just think micah parsons like i think about that guy and i'm just like guy's such a generational talent like yeah. if Micah's not on my team, I feel completely different about my team. But now, but with Micah, I'm just like, man, I, we, we could take this. You know what I mean? Because he's just yeah. so he's so special. Yeah, that's fair. That's cool. Yeah, can't wait for football to start. That's always I always like talking a little football at the beginning of the show. While people are kind of trickling in at the beginning, here into the chat. Yeah, for sure. So I, I see y'all sure. in here. Thanks for joining us. We're gonna talk some wrestling here in a second. Um, hey, yep. so. It was Alexander Fitzgerald, right? Won a Russell Rumble entry last week, but I wasn't yes. here. Yes. Alexander, okay, you're here. 
please give me your contact info. I will give you a money in the bank uh, entry. I didn't have a way of contacting you, but I will make sure you get a a uh, free entry for this money in the bank pick them contest this weekend. Sorry about the the mix up. Apologize for that, but I, uh, hey. I didn't know how to get in touch with you. Romeo likes the Jets, I guess, but hey, like they had a hell of a draft, man. And if that quarterback can turn out to be anything like that, Zach Wilson, like they'll they'll be a pretty good team. Like that's that's another thing that I love about the NFL is that like it's not built for you to suck forever. The only reason if you suck forever is because you have incompetent management, but like they give you all the tools to fix yourself. Um, and so that that's always exciting because then it's never just the same teams always. It's, it, it changes it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. for sure. Um, no. Caesar asked but about yeah. USFL. I've, no, I've actually never watched USFL. I'm interested though. It. If I if I was able to sports bet where I live, and that was something that I could do, like I would probably watch USFL because I like to gamble. Like that's right. legitimately the only interest I would have in it, but it, it would, I, I would watch it if I could gamble on it to be completely honest. So. Right. Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I, I just can't get into it. It's bad football. Like it's just a, at the end of the day, like it, it's, it's worse than college talent wise. And so it's hard to just get into stuff like that. But I heard if you have that money like, on it. If you have money on it, though, that's true. Fun, like, like but it's you, hard you to put like money on it. If you don't know it, you know what I mean? Like to right. me, the reason you put money on something is because like you know it and you feel pretty good that you're going to be right. With sure. this, it would just be like, well, I like their logo. I guess we'll put money on them. You know what I mean? So, For sure. For sure. But I heard like XFL is planning on doing like live betting odds. So like it'll be like in the fourth quarter and they'll be like, you could put money down right now plus 700 oh. for this team to pull up an upset or whatever. They that's gotta, pretty smart. They got to figure that out in Georgia. I am so pissed that because yeah. I never play the lottery because I don't get, Dude. I, I don't care about that kind of stuff where I just like scratch a ticket. Like I want to be able to gamble, like make like somewhat educated bets on things that I enjoy watching already to just enhance yeah. how much I like watching it. You know, Dude, I mean, I'm in Texas. Like everything's legal, but but freaking that and weed. Like you can't do either one. But you can't you can... sports bet in Texas either. No, no, not at all. You have probably y'all just... probably have the same problem Georgia does. It's like Bible Belt stuff and like yeah. and the, the the link with the lottery because like they think but that like more Jerry won't Joe... play the lottery has a deal with cowboy like DraftKings with the cowboys and stuff like i think it's just a matter of time i think it's just a matter of time before the nfl makes all of it happen because i truly believe the corporations run the country so once corporations are all about hey like we can make so much money in this then let's get these officials elected that we really like and let's get this thing done so i just think it's a matter of time there it, it, it but I mean, I'm all for it. I would love for it to happen. Also, the bid for Sunday ticket is up there now, and it's between like Amazon, Apple, and Disney. So I'll tell you who it definitely won't be. It definitely won't be Dish Direct TV ever again. No, like no, that's going to disappear no. the second they they lose that. Like. If yeah. they haven't already been like sold, I have no idea. But there was. I just find it interesting though. Like, what if? Like, imagine the subscribers 
if you didn't have to pay anything extra. Like, imagine if Disney Plus is seven dollars. Let's say even if it went to ten dollars a month. Yeah, that'd be sick. And, but you get the sure. Sunday ticket. Oh yeah. Like, imagine yeah. how many subscribers would join, and that's oh, what millions. they want, right? Yeah, millions. Yeah. yeah. So. That's what makes me kind of think whoever wins this is not going to say, hey, you have to pay an additional $300 on top of this or whatever. Like, I think whoever wins it is just going to give it to free. And I think that is going to change the NFL huge. Yeah, because the NFL and and the package and everything would make so much money back on ads like that, like they would like that's what the kind of the future of everything is right now in a lot of ways like even a lot of video games now are like free or really cheap and then like yep. you know microtransactions exactly microtransactions and stuff and advertising built right into the game and stuff and like it's i i think that's that's the future like and people are getting used to paying like you might be willing to pay for multiple streaming services but like the second that something like Netflix went up to like over $10 and then there was other options that were like five or $7 and stuff, people were like, they pick and choose. And now it's like, it's getting pretty cheap. A lot of stuff's only like five bucks a month and you get yep. a ton of content. So that's kind of what like people are getting used to. So I hope the NFL does that for sure. That'd be, that'd be incredible to have all the games for like five bucks a month. Or I mean, I pay, I pay 20 bucks a month. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? For Personally. sure. But but like right now, I think Disney Plus is like seven. So like if they did right. the whole thing, maybe go up to ten. I don't know. But I, you know, the whole point of getting these subscriptions is to make sure that like you have content that keeps people staying subscribed and you know still paying. And if you had the NFL, like they're staying all the way for the whole season. They can't do that for a Marvel show or whatever. Like people just kind of pick and choose and say, hey, I'll watch this and I'm not going to keep my membership after this or whatever. So it's uh, interesting, especially like with Netflix too, because Netflix had thought that they were just going to have growth no matter what. And they kept telling their stockholders that. And then like it just hit a dead stop and then they lost 200,000 subscribers. And now it seems like it's only going down and they're starting to hit the panic button. It's crazy. Cause Netflix like is the one that like changed the game, like to like kind of the model that everyone else is using now. And they had the rights to like everything at one point. And then yep. when they started losing big stuff, like I think the office was a big one, like that, like the reason a lot of people had it. And like, there was a few shows and stuff that like used to be on yeah, Netflix friends and all anymore. Yeah yeah so yeah there were there was a handful of like really big properties that like were on netflix forever and then they lost them and then it's like yeah people in the chat talking about blockbuster yeah blockbuster was awesome this this is and this is unrelated this is the last thing we'll i just want to ask about and then we'll talk wrestling but yeah what's the current status we were talking about this the other week it might not have been while we were live but you were telling me about how like the flash like kidnapped a chick oh, or something oh like, yeah, yeah. Is, is that movie coming out or like what is... uh, so they announced the dc they're going to do a san diego comic con for warner brothers and the flash is not a part of that show or that that presentation at all and apparently he is like in some camp right now with like a woman and three kids like i don't know what's what going on with that like, like some type of off shoot can't like like a prison some, no no just um just like an abandoned area that nobody really knows about i don't know it gets weirder and weirder so he hasn't been constant no 
No, they don't wow. know where he's at. Yeah, he's wow. uh he's and like he he kind of sent messages like you can't touch me and all this stuff, and he gets really triggered like if you don't call him by his pronouns. He's a weird dude, but he uh he now is like um just he deleted his Instagram and he's just kind of gone rogue and they don't know what to do. Like the biggest thing to me about that movie is, is it also is supposed to lead into like Supergirl and Batgirl and stuff. And then they also bring back Michael Keaton as Batman. And so like they have a lot riding on this movie for future projects. So it's like, they just can't get rid of it. But if they don't post it, then they can't do the other movies either. It's a disaster. Can, can, can they just like CGI, like Paul Walker, like his face to where like, it looks like someone else or something. I've thought about that, but I think that it's still going to cost an enormous amount of money. You're still going to have to do reshoots. Like stuff's going to look awkward. If if I was them, I, I honestly, I would either think about just flat out releasing it and cut merchandising, cut all that stuff, just put it in the theater. Whoever wants to go see it and go see it or just put it on HBO Max and then just be done with it. Like, here it is. Here's the movie. If you like it, great. If not, and then just whatever. Like, just like recast the guy like going forward for like 100%. whatever, whatever like the flash is going forward. He'll never work in Hollywood again. Any any Hollywood producer or anything like the kids basically cost them 200, 300 million dollars. Like, wow, it's an unforgivable sin. He's toast. Yeah, that's wild. All right. Let's talk about some wrestling. Yes. So, man. OK, I, I didn't get to talk to you about going into the Forbidden Door. Me and right. Brandon, I mean, Brandon waves the flag for New Japan. I like New Japan. I think Brandon loves New Japan more than I do, which is great. Um, but I definitely love New Japan. But I see a lot more flaws in New Japan than he does. And so I was kind of curious about your vibe because my vibe was, I know the show's going to be really good. I think that the card is decent. But I'm just not that excited about it. Like, uh, come pay-per-view time, you know, I was, like, before the week, I was probably, like, a 7 or 8. Come pay-per-view time, maybe it was at an 8. When I drove to Bill's house, I was just like, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. We all watching it together. Nice. Yeah, for sure. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be good. But, like, I just wasn't like, oh, my God, AEW pay-per-view day. I'm so hyped. I can't wait. Um, so before you tell me what you thought of the show, just how did you feel going into the show? Going into it, like I was definitely excited for the show. Like I was looking forward to it. I had one of my buddies coming over to watch it as well. So like I, you know, we were both looking forward to it. Um, but it, it was weird too, just with like the, cause like we just had the last pay-per-view also. So it was just kind of like, it, 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 it seemed a little bit out of place, but at the same time, mm-hmm. Like once the show started though, like it was like it felt like a big time event to me. Like the production of it and how everything was presented and everything. I thought like so going into it, like I knew it was gonna be a good show because there's a lot of great talent. Some of the matches yep. were like a little strange, like as far as like some of the stuff that they put together on paper with like all the options in the world that felt like some of the stuff seemed a little random, but like the, I know we'll, we'll deep dive into this, but like I thought this was like legitimately one of like the best pay per views I've ever seen. I think like I might have some yeah. recency bias, but like this was yeah. an awesome pay per view. 
in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, like, so yeah, going into it, it wasn't like I was super excited, but man, that opener was way better than I expected. Just from like, you know, and I guess part of me is like, I'm thinking right now we're getting more of the worlds, which was like New Japan and Ring of Honor. And sometimes it hit, sometimes it didn't, but a lot of it was just kind of thrown together and it wasn't that memorable. Like, that's kind of what I was expecting. And man, right off the bat, just like incredible, incredible wrestling. And then um, it went like 25 minutes too. Like it wasn't just some short little 12 minute match or whatever, just to kind of get the names out there. A lot of false finishes. I thought Shoto looked really good, which was like one of the first times I've seen Shoto be like impressive, to be honest with you. And I thought that they did really well getting him over. Um I, I just thought the match was awesome. And it is honestly one of the top matches. And, and I could say that about almost all of them, you know? Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a great match. Um, overall, what did you think of the first match? Yeah, I thought it was awesome as well. Like, that's a, it was a great opener, 19 minutes long. I, I'm just looking at it on uh, Wikipedia. Um, and even like the pre show, it was like random matchups, but like it was solid for. You know, it was a solid hour of just like wrestling going into it, like just kind of kicking back and like getting ready for the show to start. It was cool to see Jericho and uh Suzuki teaming as well. Yeah. Like that was that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, that was I mean, and it and it advances the whole story and everything going into blood and guts, which is tomorrow, yep. which is yep. crazy. And I think Jericho's looking great. Like, you know yep. what I mean? Like, I don't think anyone there's like I don't think anyone could really talk any trash about him at this point well like, and know? i mean like i think it's been it basically jericho has proven it that like him in sh better shape he can move better like you remember sure. when he would do the lion salt when he was heavy like yeah. sometimes he couldn't get all the way around it was sloppy now that he's in great shape i mean he can have pretty damn good matches still you know what i mean so yeah. i I thought it was a great match, really good match. Um, I thought it was funny, too, because it was like, you know, they did the sing-along with Jericho, right? And then mm -hmm. Suzuki comes out, and you can just tell Jericho's, like, taking my shine, son of a bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was always telling Bill, I was like, look, at the end of the day, there's the, there's a guy over there that, like, probably plays the most politics, in my opinion, is Jericho. I don't think he's, like, a menace or anything like that, but I don't think – I'm like – there's no way Jericho's jobbing, and there's no way that, like, he's not making it known that he's a part of this show, right? So um, I just thought that, though, overall, it was a really good match. And then the second match, the tag match, man, props to Dax Harwood. You fooled me. You completely fooled me. I thought he was injured. The weight, and there's a couple things, right? So it's on just a routine, like, little elbow drop, like, nothing nothing fancy. And then he looks surprised, and he doesn't know how to react. And then, like, both of them look concerned, and then Cash goes down to the side and, like, talks to him, and it's just kind of like, okay, we're just going to have to do this. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, damn, like, Cash is going to have to win because the ROH titles are on the line. So... I was like, how are they going to pull this off? And then when Dax just left so quick, I was like, either it's really bad or he's like, I think I can pop my shoulder back in and then I can go back out there. Um, 
but like from what I understand, like he's totally fine. It was just totally a work, and they completely got me. And I think it added to the match somewhat, just because of the intensity and and like wondering what was going to happen. But overall, another really good match. Um, Dax did come back, and uh, yeah, this was great. So then at this point, I'm thinking, damn, two for two so far. Like this has been a great, this is a great start. You know, how are yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. I mean, FGR. I think is making a case for being the best tag team in the world. I still personally like the young bucks a little bit better. That's just me personally, yeah. but like, I'm not going to argue FTR being the best. Like I totally get it. Um, I thought great. Ocon looked really good in this one. Like, you know, cause he, he's kind of like a wild card in like this whole scenario for me. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the guys. I haven't seen a whole lot of him. I, I like his look. I like that he's a little goofy. Like even his he is a little goofy. He is a little but, goofy. But to me, the goofiness has kind of come out the past like year or so. So he's a lot more tolerable than what I thought when I first just thought he was just like another you know Sodom Singh or whatever. I was yeah. like, oh boy, here we go. But no, he he he's he's kind of grown on me. Yeah, and you know, I've always liked Jeff Cobb. Um, Michael Romero, like he got a lot of praise from Tony Khan in the in the post show yep. uh, press conference. Like, so I've never been like the hugest Rocky Romero guy. Like personally, I like Best Friends better than Rapunky Vice. Like, I felt like Chuck Taylor got kind of like, I mean, like he wasn't part of any of this, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah, I'm okay with it. Well, yeah, just you know, I like Chuck Taylor, but but I'm a big Trent fan. Like, I I like him a lot. Um. So I like everyone involved in the match, you know, and I, I actually picked on Russell Rumble that Dax would pin Rocky Romero. So like I got that right. Um, so that was cool. But nice. It's it's good to see FTR with more belts. I mean, they, they're the team that should have won, in my opinion. And I thought I think that they got it right. I mean, look, I think we all know where this is heading. And yeah. like you said, you think the Bucks are the best, and uh so do I. So I, I do think FTR is probably going to walk away with all of them because one thing that I picked up in the Tony Khan press conference with FTR is like, they view this as almost over. Yeah. Like they're saying that they're on the tail end of this thing and they're probably could only go two more years. If that, like, it's just, they're, they're basically riding this wave until it's over. So, um, you know, Dax is 38 and uh, I, I just didn't look at it like that. So I'm just going to try to enjoy this for as long as it lasts because they've had a hell of a run. I'm glad that, like, the company is behind them and allowing them to do all the things. And then, you know, they're going to be able to defend the titles at ROH's death before dishonor. And there's just a lot of cool things going on for FTR. But if you're going to ask me, like, who's the best, I'm going to go with the Bucks. Yeah, I'm with you. And, I'm, and I think that we're eventually going to get FTR versus Young Bucks for all the titles as well. So... I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, especially like in Chicago with that crowd. I, I think it could be a huge match. And their first match didn't really have a crowd, and it was still really good. And then their second match was on Dynamite, and it had a crowd, and it was damn good. But I think this one will top them all. Like I think this is definitely going to compete with the – FTR and Briscoe's match of the year contender. So it's the Bucks, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's why I think the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world. Honestly, 
I'm okay with them being considered the best of all time. Me just personally, yep. like I'm they're in the conversation for me at the very least. And that's Brandon, why Brandon like, made that statement as well. I mean, oh, to yeah, me, yeah. I just think, I think they're the Shawn Michaels of, of tag team wrestling. Like I think when you look back and just great performances and just always delivering, like, I don't think it's anybody's going to be able to touch the young bucks. Yeah. And it's because of their in-ring performances. Like, yep. you know, I mean, their matches are can't miss on any show. Like you'd be AW rampage on a random Friday. And like, it's like a five-star match. I mean, it's like, yep. they're, they're, they're insanely talented. Um, and, and there's so much interest, you know, for people like us that have followed them for so long and everything. So it's like, we're, we're very invested as well in them as like people. So like, it's, you know, I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing young bucks and FTR again for like all the titles. And that's the kind of match where like, I, that could be like the main event of the pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it probably should especially if like moxley is just defending his interim title and it's not yeah. against punk yeah then it makes sense to me to put that thing as the main event yeah, which i, I mean will be awesome yeah what yeah. was next do you remember um real quick i want to say uh yeah for the super chats everybody i saw we had one earlier we'll get we will get to it for sure we're, we're, after we get through um Forbidden Door will answer any super chats that have come on, come on up to this point. Um, you can send the super chats right through YouTube, and the donation link is in the um, in the description below the video. Um, but we'll always put it up on the screen. We'll answer your questions, read your statements, anything you want us to to have up here as a part of the show. Just any super chat we make sure to address. So, um, and we're keeping an eye on the chat as well. Like we'll we'll catch up a little bit on. I, I'm seeing a lot of Jay White love in the chat, a lot of FTR. Like, yeah, I'm I'm with I'm with all y'all as well. Um, and also smash that like button if you can. We really appreciate that as well. So yes, let's get as many likes in there as we can. Um, yeah. So do you remember what's next? Yeah. Yeah. So the next match was Pac winning the yeah. AEW All Atlantic Championship over Clark Connors, Miro, and Malachi Black which another just really solid match and like yep. good for pack. You know, I picked Miro in my predictions. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's pack is a good choice. Like he's a guy who's yes. been on the brink of being a champion since AEW started yep. and this title belt fits him. Well, probably he can defend it on really any of their shows against any, I don't want to compare it to like a cruiserweight title. Cause that isn't what this is. But like he can have like I think that like Pack versus like Tony Nice for like yep. the All Atlanta Championship like those kind of matches are going to make a lot of sense and he can also defend him against main event level guys because he's already been on the level of guys like Hangman and Mox and stuff in AEW so like he's well and it's like good. if he goes in there and has great matches and they're like bangers like nobody's going to complain that there's too many belts you know what I right. mean like it's going to be one of those things that it it all depends on who has the titles and how they're treated. And if he gets like an opportunity to defend his title quite frequently and possibly could travel to other promotions to defend his title and he gets like yeah. 15, 20 minute matches, I think it'd be a big success. And match wise, I thought it was booked really well. Like Clark Connors looked like a total bitch at first. He was getting destroyed. He was like, basically like, looked like they didn't want him involved in this match. He didn't belong in this match. And then just boom, spear through the table on Miro. 
and then he gets like he gets the crowd behind him and then it's like you really feel the four way and it, the finish was awesome like i really enjoyed uh this match i thought it was really good i was bummed that ishii couldn't be a part of it but i thought clark Kirk connor's earned his spot i haven't watched too much of him because i don't watch new japan strong much um but i've seen you know things about him but he never like stood out to me but you know he he had a good performance i'll definitely be paying attention to him more yeah one guy i was surprised wasn't on the show i don't know if he's injured or what they what the deal was but it would have been good, good to see carl fredericks on the show because like there was a lot of people yep. from the la dojo and he was like for me he was the main standout of like all those guys like it was like him and alice coglin and and clark connors um and stuff so like I was kind of surprised that Fredericks wasn't a part of the show, um, even if it was going to be like the pre-show or something. But, um, but that said, like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm right with you. I thought the match was really good, and and Pac, I think, is the right, he's the right guy to win the championship. I think it's going to be a good, uh, a good run for him because, like, we we've seen Miro with the TNT title. It probably would have been something similar if he had the uh, this championship. Malachi yeah. Black doesn't really need a title for like what he is and what his gimmick is and the whole House of Black thing. He doesn't really need a belt, really, in my opinion. Um, and Clark Connors well, just wasn't going to win this match you know, at the end of the day. There's there's so much gimmick about him that like it just doesn't necessarily make sense for him just to be like this fighting champion that fights all the time. Like you're gonna have to deal with more of his group and like his mist and all this other stuff. And like with Pack, it's just you know, can you beat him and you know who's who's this challenger is going to be you know what i yeah. mean so uh, i'm all good with that for sure the next match we had uh -huh. this, this is so awesome uh yeah, it was amazing dudes with attitudes darby allen sting and shingo defeated yep. the bullet club of el phantasmo matt jackson and nick jackson with hikaleu on the outside it was yep. badass seeing the young bucks doing the bullet club stuff sure was um, and the beginning of the match was sting opening it up <laughs> five. i mean i was marking out so hard i was thinking about this earlier yeah I, I, like i was really thinking about it I, I actually i had earlier today i interviewed romeo who's in the chat um he's gonna yeah. be uh on the spotlight this thursday over on fight okay. myself and jeremy so um shout out to romeo he was talking about how he's watching WCW for the first time right now, like going back crap. to the beginning and like watching it, like it, and and he's like Sting has been my favorite part of WCW up to this point. He's into like getting close to NWO territory where he's like yeah. early '96. So, yeah. um, and I was thinking about it during that, and I was like, I was like, honestly, if I had to like say my top five favorite wrestlers in the world right now in 2022 <laughs> like sting might be in my top five like right now still like yeah it's it's just awesome seeing him do his thing still like he he's hitting all the all the spots he needs to he's exceeding expectations and like every time you think like okay like he's just gonna he's just gonna break this time like there's no more of this happening he yeah. jumps off the stage you know just yep. like, let's go like it's it's working out great in my opinion i'm i'm, I'm marking out huge for it so um, I, think, I think Shingo is like a real star. Yeah, Shingo's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I think Tony deserves a lot of credit for how Sting's been booked too. Yeah, though. like hell yeah. I, I think that the way that they have booked Sting is so awesome, and it's like he doesn't have to do a lot, and he's still super over. 
And I mean, I absolutely loved him no selling the double super kick and oh, then yeah. like awesome. beating his chest. Then, yeah. Like, and I was thinking to myself, like, imagine like this was generation me who were like stuck in the back that couldn't even like get on air and like sting was one of the main guys in tna what does sting think right now you know what i mean like these are the evps of the company it's like sold out and i'm wrestling the young bucks and i think he's excited about wrestling the young bucks and he's got to be thinking like that was generation me that was like doing nothing in tna you know what i mean so i thought that was sick i I love this match. I thought it was just awesome. I thought Shingo was awesome. Like the whole group. And honestly, like I like Hiromu, but I didn't love that Ikaleo would have been involved in this match. And so to get rid of that and make it just a trios match, I thought was great. I loved it. Like the this match was awesome. And I'm honestly, I'm kind of hoping it goes to a Young Bucks versus Sting and Darby feud. Just yeah. a small one to get to, like, to get through to the pay-per-view. So maybe, like, in three weeks we see it on Dynamite or something. I think that would be awesome. Oh, I would, yeah, I would love to see that. I love Sting and Darby. Y'all, anyone who watches these shows, like, I've been, I've talked about it all the time, how, like, before Sting even was in AEW, I was like, if Sting ever comes to AEW, and you got to do him and Darby. And, like, it's been awesome like i've got the sting and darby like sting and darby face paint sting behind me here like i yep i'm all about what i've been seeing out of sting darby Allen, and my and figures AW. and my figures over there i've got sting and darby next to each other like me too over there yeah 100 yep. you got you got to you got to i actually have w figures in here yeah because like, i gotta get duplicates of these because i just I, I love I love Sting. So anyway. Well, and then, and then another thing, too, is like you think about how WWE booked him. And it's oh, like. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to talk about just, that. It's just. But it's wild. Weird. It's yeah. wild. Because he was years younger. You had so much you could do with him. And man, like, no clue what they. They had no clue what they were doing. But yeah. I, I really feel like, though, that's what makes Tony so great. And he doesn't get enough credit for is he can just go up to Sting and be like, what do you want to do tonight? Yeah. Okay, then we'll go with that. But what if we do this and add this? Like, okay, cool, let's do it. All right, awesome. And the WWE, it's like, eh, you know, we had 25 people meet in a room and we decided that this is what you're going to be doing tonight. And it's just dumb. And they do that with everybody. So I was, I was super excited uh, the way the match came across. And at this point, Steven, four straight bangers. Like four really good matches. And I'm thinking to myself, like, damn, this pay-per-view is good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Me too. And and because this is on topic, so we'll do this one now real quick. Could we see Sting with any gold in AEW? That's a super chat from Matt Phillips Reviews. Appreciate Um, it, Matt. Yes, thank you, Matt. To answer your question, I could absolutely see Sting with gold in AEW. Like really any of them. So I think the most likely is probably him and Darby as tag team champions, mm-hmm. but I'm not ruling out Sting as AEW World Champion. Like we're at oh CM- my god! Listen, oh, listen, no. listen. Let's not a, go crazy. A, a short run against the right very people, short, but against the right people, you get a couple like some massive dream matches of like him and Punk. How about and- this? How about this, Steven? Let him have one singles match first before we crown him as champion. 
Because yes. he hasn't had that yet. It's been three years. I'm just saying not to rule it out. I'm not saying this is like the optimal, like best scenario. I'm just saying I could de- I could definitely see TNT champion though. I could. Yeah. I really could. Especially, Especially if they have this around TNT, TBS. Yes. Like he's done that for yeah. gazillion years. Yes. I think the most likely is him and Darby as tag champs. I could see a TNT title. Like, you know, I, I think that, you know, especially with the All Atlantic Championship now and stuff, like they could probably get away with like something like that. You know, I and there's gonna be trios titles soon. Yeah, there's yes. gonna be a you know, there's that, gonna be a lot of that I could see him winning because sure. because then it, he doesn't have to be involved that much. He can carry that gold. I just don't know who Darby and Sting would add, but that that is a reasonable one, I think. The tag yeah. titles to me is tough because that that's a really stacked division, and those belts have a lot of credibility. They don't really give those belts to just. And I'm not saying Sting and Darby are just anyone. No, I'm just mean, saying yeah. like you have to have some real credibility to win those things. So yeah, and I'm not sure who Darby and Sting. I mean, like Moxley kind of makes sense, but like he's got his whole other thing going on. But like Moxley and Darby are are linked. Uh, Sting did do that, or uh, um, CM Punk did do that match with the two of them, yep. where like they all yep. did the face paint. That was really cool. Well, what's um, interesting too is Tony said that the buildup was originally going to be CM Punk FTR versus the United Kingdom, which was going to be Osprey and the Aussie Open. Instead, they they had to switch it because Punk got injured, but they wanted to do more um, CM Punk FTR stuff because yeah, they're really so. close. So it'll be interesting though, but, but I think a trios titles for staying could definitely be in the cards. Yeah. So yeah, really, really. Yeah. That was an awesome match. Um, After that, you know, in my opinion, this was a great match as well. Thunder Rosa and Tony storm. Like this was really, really solid in my opinion. Like I very, very solid, but I would say, and, and this is nothing against them. It's probably the not the it was probably the worst match on the card, and that's not saying it's bad. It's just everything was so good that this was probably the least I liked. But I think a lot of it was about one, we knew who was gonna win, and two, I think it was like 10 minutes. I just feel like that they could have gone way longer, really went for it more. Um, but it wasn't bad. Like it was a good match. Yeah, yeah. I I thought it was really well done. Like um there wasn't any like botches or anything like that stood out right. like, it was, i thought it was just like a solid it was a solid match like thunder rosa i thought was a predictable winner which is fine because like thunder rosa in my opinion should continue to be the champion and this is just like me personally and i want to know how the chat feels about this but i feel like tony storm is like levels better than like ruby riot like like you know like i you mean uh, Ruby Soho? Sorry, Ruby Soho. Like, like I get that Ruby has fans and stuff, but like, I, I, I you know, I, I get that. But I'm just saying, like, you're like, I don't understand it, but I get well, it. Well, I, I, I honestly view Tony Storm more in a level closer to like the Thunder Roses and Serena D. Yep. And I see, and then I think like she's like just kind of right on the brink of like that group, but yep. like there's like the group of like the Contis and Anna J's and stuff that honestly, it's just inexperienced. Like they're learning. Yeah. 
Um, but I see like Ruby is still more of like that kind of level. Like I think like like Chris Statlander is like way better than Ruby Soho. Like I, I see yeah. Statlander is kind of being more like the Tony Storm type level, like trying to break into the the suit like the, that top tier upper echelon with like Deeb and, and Rosa and stuff. Like well, I was impressed by thing. Tony Storm. Yeah, I, I like Tony Storm. I really do. Honestly, you know, Thunder wants to keep this thing going, basically, she's hinting at. Uh, be careful what you wish for, because I wouldn't be that upset if Tony won the title. Because Thunder's had the belt for like 100 days, I think. She won it in uh, St. Patrick's Day or whatever. So I'm not against Tony winning. And I do think it's just another step for the women's division that, you know, I personally think Ruby was a victim of hype that she couldn't deliver on. Like when you're having a press conference and with with CM Punk and Brian Danielson and Adam Cole, and then you try to make it out like Ruby is like at that level as well, but a female version, I never bought into that. And I personally think Tony has kind of changed his mind on her as well because she isn't booked the same way. She's not constantly on big spots anymore. Um, yeah. And so, by the way, I, I didn't mean to like specifically. I mean, I did. I did specifically say Ruby Soho, but like, right. I, I mean, I, I meant that also more as like a compliment to Tony Storm is like, yeah. Like, I think there's definitely levels to the AEW women's division and yeah. like, I think that Tony Storm is like, it's just kind of a comparison of like both coming from the WWE, both coming in with a lot of hype, both getting put right into the title mix. And I think that like, I think Tony Storm like has, in my opinion, she cemented herself as like, if she's not going to be in that mix, I could see her being a big threat to Jade. You know, like I, she's, she's, she's top tier getting there for, I mean, I, I think Jade's right there too. It's just, she's just so inexperienced, but like, She's super over. Like, I, I, you know, obviously, I'm a big Jade fan. So, well, and I, my thing is, is I kind of feel like that it was like Brit and Sheeta, right? Yeah. Like, and then that was really all they had. And then when, um, Serena Deeb kind of showed up in the picture, Thunder Rosa, like from the NWA, they started working with them. Yeah. But, like, Thunder Rosa, to me, was, like, one that could really go. And it was like, oh, okay, so there's another one that's actually good that we can throw into this division. But now, you know, you're getting Tony Storm. You're getting Athena. Statlander starting to get over again. Like, it's starting to get to be more of a more competitive division. And I think people like a Ruby Soho, you know, it might not work out as well for them because the talent level is rising. So, it's uh, it's interesting what's going on with the women's division, and I mean, it's probably off topic, but sounds like Sasha got her release. So Sasha got her release. They're saying June tenth, so she could be ready for Grand Slam, and that would be huge. Yeah. Oh yeah, well yeah, if she if she winds up in AEW, well I mean if she's if she's a free agent and she's interested in going to AEW, which I'd imagine she probably is, like. She's immediately on that top tier with Thunder Rosa and Serena Deep for me. Like that's like oh, that's immediately getting like that's in yeah. my opinion, she's here and everyone else is here. Like I think she's heads and shoulders above them. But 
I do think though that, and then this is the thing too, is we didn't really see Sasha with a lot of freedom either. Like right. the times when we got to see Sasha really have freedom and tear it up in NXT, like she had best matches ever is for a, for a female I've ever seen. Well, so, and it was up there with the men. I mean, like her and Bailey, like was that's like what I'm really saying. Deal. Yeah, yeah, incredible. So to me, like I think it's very. Uh, very interesting as she gets involved because I think that that's one of the biggest signings that they can do because with the men, it's kind of like, okay, where can these guys fit? We're so overbooked. we got so many people. With Sasha, like, dude, she's – that's a huge signing. Yeah, right. I agree. And, and like, me and, me and Brandon were talking about this, like, the whole Hollywood stuff. She's been in Star Wars on a TV show, right? And she's done one Monday Night Football commercial. I don't know what it is that people think that she's just all of a sudden just going to go to Hollywood and just never wrestle again. Like, I personally think that she loves wrestling. She'll definitely want to wrestle. And she still can do other things like acting in AEW if she wants to. But, like, you keep seeing all of her friends cross over. You can't tell me it's not in the back of her mind or it's not in her plans, if, if not already. You know what I mean? For sure. Next match, I'll say it. I thought this was the best match of the whole show. This was maybe the best match of the year so far. Um, I wonder yeah, yeah. why. <laughs> well, I mean, I think both people deserve a lot of credit, to be fair. But, like, your boy, Will Ospreay, defeated Orange Cassidy to retain the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Match was, like, about 17 minutes long. Yep. Yeah, that was the best match of this entire show. Go ahead and talk. Go ahead and gloat about the Billy Goat, and then I'll give you my my thoughts if there are any I, left. I, I mean, I'm I'm just blushing. You know, the guy he's he's the best. <laughs> he's simply the best. Like, and I look forward to him wrestling like nobody else in the world. Like, and and to me, there's only one person that rivals him, and it's Kenny Omega, and that's why I want to see that match so bad. And there's heat there. Like, he was taking major shots at Osprey uh, in the Sean Ross Sapp uh, listen, uh, interview. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, dude, you are out of line. Like, <laughs> I understand yeah. that. But but mm. here's the thing is he's all like, he's all like his 20 forgetful five-star matches. And I'm just like, dude, this is starting to sound like jealousy is what it's coming across to me. Like, I, I think that – and then he's trying to act like Jay White is doing the right thing and all this other crap, and it's like, dude, I will take Will Ospreay over Jay White any day of the week twice on Sunday. It's not even close. But I I think that Will Ospreay benefited from this whole thing, the Forbidden Door promotion, everything huge. Because they everybody's heard about him but they haven't been able to actually see him wrestle. And now that they've seen him, they're like, oh my God, I did not know he was that good. Then you also had the Nick Wayne match that he had, his Warriors of Wrestling matches. Like Osprey is at a different level. Osprey to me, he really reminds me of AJ Styles of like back then, like when he was the top guy, like, you want him versus any great wrestler because you know it's going to be the best match. And even with Orange Cassidy, like Orange Cassidy doesn't suck. I knew that. It's just the hype level is just not the same 
when the guy is kind of goofy. But, man, Osprey sold his stuff. What I love now about Osprey, and this is another thing, because he just gets his crap from being this flippy guy. But it's like, I knew that if Orange Cassidy was going to try that goofy crap with him and, like, fake kick him and all that stuff, Osprey was going to beat the shit out of him. And that's exactly what happened in that match. And then I love the fact that he got to Orange Cassidy, pissed him off, like with the Kawada kicks. He tried that garbage at first, and then he got pissed and really kicked Osprey in the face. And it's like everyone pretty much knew Osprey was going to win, but you can't tell me those couple of those false finishes. You weren't like, oh, God, that one was close. You know what I mean? So – I don't understand what New Japan doesn't get with him. Like, I know that they respect him. They use him a lot, all that stuff. But, like, they they don't respect his loyalty to that company because I think he can be so much bigger than what he is. And they don't reward him for his loyalty, for how much he loves New Japan and wants to stay with New Japan. Because, trust me, him in the States, he could be a big star. Yeah. Well, I think that was proven a lot on Forbidden Door. Like, that this match was insane. Like, it was it was the best match on the show. I mean, would you agree with the best match on the show, Osprey and OC? Yes, but man, it's hard. It's hard because yeah. the thing the thing that I loved about this show is there was just so many different flavors. Like, it was just so different. Like the state the trios match was just so different from even the Jericho match, the opener, and even different from the four way. And the four-way was very different from the other four-way. And, like, the thing that you couldn't deny about this show, there was just so much talent involved. And you're yeah. literally talking about the best of the best. It wasn't about just, like, oh, let's throw this guy here or there. Like, these are the best of the best. And it showed. Like, how many times do you get a pay-per-view where, like, every match is good? And then they'll always say this, too. Well, if you do that, you'll burn out the crowd and then the show's going to suck. That crowd was into that show from the very beginning till the very end. You know what I mean? Like, you want to win the crowd over, you got to do things to get the crowd into it. Like, at the end of the day. And those fans bought those tickets because they love both companies, right? And that really showed, too. Like, super excited. And we haven't even got to the point at the end of this match where... Yeah. Holy crap. Like yeah. Yeah. to have Shibata come out, awesome. Just awesome. Yeah, yeah. huge markout moment. Like I I had also I had heard a rumor that Tony Khan is finally getting the rights to that Jane song that Orange Cassidy used to use on the indies from Wet he Hot was, American he, Summer. He was pissed about that, by the way. Like that, that they didn't have it for, that, oh, that got oh leaked. really. Because he said, like, they have 97% of the rights, but that's still not enough, and that he was still working on it, and that it got leaked. And then like, he he went on, he was even talking about Sean. Like, he's like, I understand why he reported it, but, like, I'm really not happy that that got out. And he's like, there's, there's things that just need to be surprises and stuff. And he goes, he was like, he stopped for a second, and then he was like, so, like, when Brody Lee was about to pass away, like we had like a hundred people in that room and we all told them to be quiet and like, nobody said anything. He's like, but then like something like this can just get leaked out. He's like, just not happy about it. So like, yeah, that's the plan. But he was not happy that it got leaked. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing that song again though. It's like the perfect. I mean, obviously the gimmick is like based off of that character from that movie, and that that music is like just so perfect for him. But dude, Shibata coming out, like yeah, that was insane. The crowd went insane for it. Like right when you hear like the beginning of that theme music, it's like I, I looked over at my buddy and I was like, Shibata? Like no way! Like is, is this yeah. happening right now? And they're clearly teasing him versus Osprey, which is which is so just... good. I mean, if they're going to do that, great. But I, God, I can't imagine that they'll pull that off. We'll see. I'm fine with it if they're going to do it. Because the problem is now is you're leading into the G1 and there's really nothing else you can do. So you have to wait all the way till like September or whatever. And and, and Juice, give Osprey his damn belt, okay? He's yeah. the champ. Sit up there in your little section, act like you're some badass. Like you... You are nothing compared to Will Ospreay. Like I, I that's that's the type of stuff I'm talking about. Where it's like, oh, make Juice champion over Will Ospreay, or no, like no, like you should be going way out of your way to please Will Ospreay. He is the best. So yeah, it is what it is. But I'm proud of him. He had a great showing. I loved it. I love that people now know who he is. I love that you know all of a sudden. It's not just me talking about some guy and they're just like, oh, okay, whatever. Like they know who he is. They can't wait to see him again. I hope that what this leads to is, you know, just if you have a grand slam match and you want a great opponent, like let's call Will Ospreay and see if we can come down for the event. You know, like I hope that it's not just the only time we get new Japan people is because of the forbidden door. I hope that it's something that's just like, you know, what is that? quake at the lake or whatever you bring somebody from new japan you know bring let's have zach saber jr and brian danielson let's do that you know what i mean so yeah yeah i was i was pumped though yeah great match pepe silva in the chat which is the my my guy who does the always sunny references always appreciate those shibata versus danielson would be dope i agree with him there like I mean, there was also the history where I'm pretty sure Shabbat and Danielson were roommates in like the LA dojo. Like it was like them and like Samoa Joe. And I think Leota Machida, they like all lived together. So like that's some like deep lore. So that was Leota Machida. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Machida lived with those guys. Like, and he was the only one who like actually I mean Shabata did some MMA fights, but like Danielson and Samoa Joe obviously just straight pro wrestling and then Shibata had a much more successful pro wrestling career than he did MMA career. And then Machida just went straight into just MMA, but they were all training MMA. And like, I think trying to figure out like what they wanted to do. So. Yeah. TK TK's bringing a little bit of fire. Now I enjoy it. I love his yeah. post pressers. Those hugs, man. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, I would hug them the same way if I was around, if I knew that like I get to work with them and like, you know, but like, listen, the guy's a nerd. I'm so over this whole, he's a drug addict thing. Like he's a nerd. That's what he is. He's socially awkward, nerdy guy. And I think he's extremely um, nice and all that stuff. But like, I don't think he's on doing Coke backstage or on Adderall or whatever else people want to talk about. Because honestly, I think if he did have a drug problem, it had leaked a long time ago by being within three years of the business. So I, I just think it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, Pepe Silva says that Nakamura lived with Danielson. I think you, you actually might be right. I might be confusing Nakamura and Shibata. But it was a house with the rest of those guys as well, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, no, Tony, 
I, the, I, I don't think Tony Khan does this with like any like the football or like um, football or football soccer um, people like that he yeah. manages and stuff. But like, I also think he's his fandom of pro wrestling is probably like way bigger than his fandom of like, I'm sure he loves football and stuff, but like to him, that's probably more of like a statistician GM type job for him with pro wrestling. This is like his lifelong hobby of being a pro wrestling mark on on message boards and now he has his own fig fed of his own yeah. like and he's literally literally living our dream right now oh, anyone 100%. watching anyone who's watching this right now tony Khan is living our dream so like that's well and what i love though is i'm watching it and i'm not thinking to myself like i could do way better than this guy like no, i'm thinking to myself like yeah. damn this <laughs> yeah. is really good like yeah. i'm all for it but I mean, we also don't get to see him when he played, like when he's around players and stuff. Like we just got to get to see flashes. He's not at press conferences. I'm sure, like if he ran into Miles Jack before he left, like he'd say thank you for everything and give him a big hug. Like I, I don't think that that's completely. I see socially awkward. I just think he's a nerdy guy, but he has a shit ton of money and he has a lot of power, so he gets away with it. You know what I mean? Awesome. But I I feel like haters are going to find anything to do to go after him. And that's why I don't like to participate. Because, listen, this guy is saving pro wrestling. And yep. I'm so grateful for him. And his company is amazing. And, like, you know, we just got done with Forbidden Door. We're going to get Ring of Honor, another Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Then we get All Out. Like, we're getting all these other special dynamites. Like, man, thank you. Thank you, Tony Khan. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever see Tony Khan, we love you. We, we literally love you. Absolutely. I say that completely unironically. Like I will, I will give shame. you a hug. I will give you a hug that challenges your hug. I promise you that. Yeah. All right. The next <laughs> match. So like all this happens, and then the next match, Zack Saber Jr. comes out, mystery opponent, yes. and the new member of the Blackpool Combat Club is Claudio Castagnoli. So he got the graphic as well from TK on Twitter. So Claudio Castagnoli, the former Cesaro is now officially all elite and he is in the Blackpool combat club um this is all probably best case scenario like match was great he was a perfect fit for AEW and for the Blackpool combat club like this this worked all the way around in my opinion and he won and he looked great yeah like and it was awesome and needs better music tell- needs better music I think. Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of their music is great. I'm not a big Mikey Ruckus fan. I think he's he's hit the he's hit a couple of homers, but a lot of them are singles, doubles, it, maybe. It, you it, know it, what? It's like the Bad News Bears theme song. Like it sounded like like that. Like it like sounded like. I was like, this is. I think it's supposed to be like the foreigner type music for him but i i didn't i didn't love it but it is what it is because it's that oh that song that's that song yeah so i mean it's okay but i i don't love it um but like you know like ftr their music's perfect for them and that works and adam cole's music's fantastic but there's also a lot that are kind of like whatever so yeah um it was, it was, uh, I thought this match was a little bit disappointing, just a simple fact that I wanted more technical wrestling because I wanted Zack Sabre Jr. to really show what he could do. And I felt like for the most part, he was just getting his ass kicked. And then he would work the arm finally and stuff. But I thought this match could have been better, but I was just super happy to have Claudio in AEW. And 
He looked super happy. I love the fact that he came out and he just like stood there and he just took it all in. Like he didn't just go straight to the ring. He just took it all in. Like I love that fact. So um, that was dope. Yeah. Even my brother who I talk about every now and then, like who has, who has like a loose understanding about, he's like, he knows more about wrestling than the average person by far, just by association, but like doesn't actively watch it unless he's around me. And he loves right. Cesaro. And he was okay. like, and he was like, dude, finally Cesaro is getting like the respect that <laughs> like, cause he, he, he's always been impressed by the seeing him swinging people around and like the uppercuts and his athleticism and stuff. He always thought like, just, you know, even my brother could see it. He was like, doesn't really, isn't really a fan, but he's always been like, Cesaro should be like the champion. Like he's always thought like, how's this guy not the champion, you know? Um, yeah. So it was cool to, to see, to see Cesaro or Claudio get, that big pop. And I thought Zach Sabre Jr. looked great as well. Like I, I love uh, ZSJ's style of wrestling. Like I, I think yep. it's great how different he is. Um, and I still want to see him and Danielson at some point. Like I think we'll, we'll still get that match whenever Danielson comes back. And I think they will incorporate new Japan plenty going forward. Like you were saying earlier, because they've been doing that the whole time, like the entire time AEW has been around, like they've sprinkled in new Japan people coming in, pretty much the whole time, even if it was just a little bit, like a random Ishii popping up or something, yep. you know? Um, Kenta. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so yeah, really happy for Claudio Castagnoli. And and he seemed very happy in the post-fight uh, press conference as well. Like his, his uh, little interview that he had afterwards was, he, seems, he, he said something about like how he feels like he's been there for years already. Cause like he knows everyone, like he, comfortable like you know, knows he's going to be booked in a, in a good way like so yeah if you're a cesaro you, fan it's good do you yeah. know like the beef like i know that it's not real but it's like used but like do you know the beef between eddie kingston and claudio like why eddie kingston doesn't like him i'm sure i could probably like it's probably more public knowledge than I, i've never really looked into it i think it's i think this is i've always assumed it had to do with kind of the same reason that like danielson fat and lazy and, yeah like i think that you know because i think eddie even like has kind of admitted like you know that that held him back in his career like his weight and stuff you know um but it does yeah it goes back to chikara i know that um for sure ecw hardcore oh, okay. seven mentioned in the chat um but like in punk i think is in that same boat too i mean and he is like because like punk danielson cesaro those guys like notoriously haven't gotten along with kingston for like forever and it's like there are also three guys that come across kind of like judgmental and stuff but they take this like real seriously and they probably yeah. didn't think he did you know so yeah <clears throat> which i mean he doesn't take it as seriously as they do and when it comes to getting in shape and going all out like that like he has his own style and that works like he's very much more like a kevin owens type um a bray wyatt type like but he's clearly over so you can't yep. dispute that but Absolutely. i'm just wondering like are we getting a kingston cesaro feud next or do we do just do something else because like now we have quite a few like hosses where we've got Wardlow, you know, Claudio, Miro, like there's there's some some pretty big dudes now 
uh, um, in the company. So it'd be interesting what they do with that. And then like Moxley being, well, we haven't gone over that yet, but like how the Blackpool Combat Club exists and how many members deep and how often are they going to be like a tag team or singles or, or what? So be interesting how they do it. When I also noticed at the end of the show when Claudio came out and like cleaned house and stuff, and he was standing with the combat club and Santana and Ortiz were in the ring and stuff. Eddie was the only one who wasn't in the ring. Like he was yep. like on the outside still. Cause I think they're trying to keep those seeds planted of like him and Cesaro, not like, Oh, they do like on the like, on their road too. Like they're having like they're all together, and Eddie's just like, "I'm not going to be around this guy," and he leaves. So that's like, yeah, yeah. interesting. I like and that they're Zach, using that though. And Zack Saber Jr. also said that you know, like he was kind of like set up or whatever, and that he were, he will not be coming back to America. So if Brian Danielson wants him; he's going to have to either find him in England or in Japan. So that's kind of where they're at. Yeah, possibly. I could see it. Possibly, um, or if Dynamite has a UK show, you could possibly bring him in for that. True. And also, by the way, this, this is random, but I just wanted to throw it out there. I thought it was pretty cool that um, I saw that Danielson, Big Show, and Jericho all got to say something about uh, John Cena on Raw last night, which is yeah, pretty cool Like to see WWE still letting those guys like big show big show also yeah, yeah it was big show brian and uh jericho yeah yeah so i want to throw that out there that's pretty cool uh the next match we have was the iwgp world heavyweight championship jay white retaining over adam cole hangman page and okada um i thought this was a really good match but then the ending was weird because like adam cole never took the rainmaker he like right. avoided it and that's and then he got pinned so right. it was a weird finish, but Adam Cole apparently was hurt. So don't Concussion know. Concussion is yeah. what they're saying, which is kind of scary because, like, if he didn't take the Rainmaker and just, like, fell, and then he's just, like, rolling over. But, like, I don't know. It, to me, it's like almost like Jay White kind of panicked. Like, he knew that he wasn't all there, so he just tried to get it over with and pin him because it made no sense to go pin Adam because he didn't take right. anything. Unless he thought, like, he's, you know, somewhere on the outside, didn't see it, thought that he took the Rainmaker, gives Okada his finisher, and then goes over there and pins Adam Cole real quick. Like, that makes more sense, but I, I don't know. And, like, I like I like Jay White to a certain extent, but I do not think he should be the guy at all. Like, I'm not the biggest Jay White fan. I think he's good, but I don't. I don't look forward to his matches. I think he's a very slow, methodical, boring guy for the most part. He's very physical. And I also thought his press conference was ridiculous. Like, he was in full character. Tony Khan was extremely, like, kind of feeling awkward <laughs> around him. And he was just pissed off that they didn't have a holder for his belt. The belt fell and, off the table right away. Yeah, the belt fell <laughs> off the table. And, like, I just – I don't know. I'm not the biggest Jay White fan. He's all right. Like, I, I don't think he's a bad in the ring. I don't think he's terrible. I think he's physically in great shape. I think he can pretty much do whatever he needs to do. But I don't get the hype. Yeah, I, I think he looks like a star. He presents himself like a star. Like, I think that – like he speaks really well, like in the yep. press conferences and stuff. And he has kind of like that added element of where's he from? Like New Zealand, something like that. So like 
he's got like the accent what makes him a little different you know it's also like i i i understand why he's in the position he's in but i think where you're coming from is more this i could be wrong but i think it's more like osprey should be that guy than like over jay white kind of like i understand why it's not osprey though because you gave osprey the title and he broke his neck within like a couple of months and then he was out for four months with jay white you're not gonna have to worry about that like he's he's gonna be safe he's gonna he can and he can talk on the mic and all that stuff but like listen you're the worst bullet club leader like we're not we're not living in fantasy world here like you're the worst bullet club leader you don't have a ton of five-star matches, in my opinion. You're not that exciting of a wrestler. Like you're just you're you're a good wrestler. He reminds me a lot of like he kind of reminds me of like Randy Orton's attitude, as in just like I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna be smart, I'm gonna have my little methodical match, and I'm gonna go home and be the man. But like none of it is gonna be where you're like, oh my god, I can't wait to see that and blah 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 blah. Like he's not that guy. So that's my opinion though. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I I think I like him more than you do, but I also don't think like me personally, like I, I think Osprey is more entertaining. Like if I had to choose between yeah. like them or like Abushi or like, I mean, like I loved like Nakamura back in the new Japan days and stuff. Like, like there's a lot of like top guys that, that new Japan's had, even within the bullet club, like you said, um, Kenny, uh, Balor and, uh, or Devitt rather AJ. And, and AJ, like those are definitely, the, the and even Cody, if you want to consider him the leader at like one point, you know, like whole <laughs> I mean, club is fine. Yeah, that was the that was the most entertaining era of it, in my opinion, yep. was that. But anyways, um, Jay White retains. I mean, I thought it would have been cool if Hangman would have won this, just because it would have like. By the way, he looked phenomenal in that match. Yeah. Like it, it really stood out to me just how how much better he's gotten. Like he looked great um very impressive uh but but yeah and i thought the match was good okada definitely had some cool moments too and you know i watched the show with somebody who hasn't really watched new japan at all and i mean they were impressed by like all the new japan wrestlers like and then that's you know what you want to do right so yeah but yeah you know it is what it is. I expected Jay White to win. So it wasn't like I was that upset when he won. I just hated the way that it finished. Because, man, if that had, like, a great finish, like, there's really nothing you can say about this show. Like, the sure. one thing that you can complain about this show is the finish of that match. But if that match, like, had the great finish, like, there's nothing you can say. 49ers fan says Jay White is a tryhard. That's kind of funny. I kind of, I kind of agree. He kind of overdoes it a little bit, but um, yeah, even my, my brother also one, the one question he had for forbidden door, what, cause he didn't watch the whole show. He just kind yeah. of saw the Cesaro stuff. Cause afterwards I showed it to him and he was like, what was the big botch for the show? Cause every time he's watched AEW pay-per-view, it's like, there's one thing that like just doesn't go right. Like something won't go right the show will be 99 percent incredible and there will be like this one little thing and we've seen it on a lot of the pay-per-views and that was the one thing i i was like well there was like it wasn't really a botch but like one of the finishes was a little weird and it was like a really big match for like the like pretty much the biggest world title on the show and it like the ending just was flat because the guy was hurt it's like yep i guess it kind of there was the one thing there's always like the one thing um yep. and that would be that 
Um, I hope Adam Cole's okay though. He's one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. Okada looked sure. great. I mean, like this this match was great. It's just the finish was flat because Cole was hurt. So, well, then at this point, all we have left is the main event. But like, think about like what we have witnessed. Like we're talking greatness and just so many great wrestlers. I really loved. Uh, I really loved this. Uh, the show. I thought it was so good. So. Yeah. Main event time, um, Moxley, Tanahashi. And you can say what you want about Tanahashi. I mean, he's old and he's beat up and he's slower and whatever. But when he needs to go out there and wrestle, he turns it on and finds a way to get it done. thought they had a really good match. Um, I thought it was weird that um, Moxley bladed off the move, but... When it was I found like out, a it was actually, blade, wasn't it? Right, this is a high, high flow, high fly flow, or whatever the they call it. Version, yeah. And um, but I guess they bumped heads, and it was actually the hard way. So oh, that makes okay. more sense. And it looked great for Moxley to be like covered in blood, hold the title, the whole nine. I mean, you know, Moxley, he would have preferred it that way. A hundred percent. Well, I, I thought he bladed just because he has to. You know what I mean? Like the guy, yeah. the guy loves to do it. Um. But uh, I I thought it was a great match, really enjoyed it, and um, I I'm fine with Moxley being the champ for the for the time being. Like it makes sense to me. And uh, how did you feel though that them building up blood and guts after the show? Do you feel like they should have just like shook hands and called it a night, or do you think building up blood and guts again after already having brawls prior going into this thing and all that kind of it kind of took you out of that forbidden door element. And like Tanahashi's just laying there and they're all brawling. Right. But I feel like that they wanted to do the moment where Cesaro can clean house and, and do his stuff. So I get it, but it kind of felt like it was a little overdone. Yeah. Like I thought, so I thought the match itself was really good. Um, I like that Mox one. That makes a lot of sense. Mox and punk unifying the titles. It's the right idea. Like it all makes sense. Um, Tanahashi, yeah, looked great, especially for a guy like it looks like his knees are about to fall out. Like, like what, yep. what, what he looks like the kind of guy who, like, when he isn't wrestling, is probably like grabbing all the rails everywhere he's moving and stuff. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, because you can just it's, tell the way that he stands up and walks just in, while he's wrestling that, like, it's uncomfortable just to be walking. It looks like it's kind of like Kurt Angle, like he's bit, like yeah. really uncomfortable looking, and then like the the bell would <laughs> ring and he would just turn into a freaking machine, and then go right back to like being hunched over and you know like atrophied and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like Cena too, man. Like if you if you see Cena just on a normal day, like even just on Raw, like he's stiff. He's stiff in his back and he's you know kind of like walking a little bit different because it just takes a toll. And I mean Tanahashi has been through it. And yeah. what's crazy, I mean the man's gonna be in the G1. Those rings are hard. Like I don't know. He's going to go till the wheels fall off, but it was a cool moment, cool match. Well, like, he hasn't even, like, changed his style to help himself out. He's still doing frog splashes, like, three or four, three or four times a match and, like, yep. landing on his knees and, like, does the Texas Cloverleaf, which is, like, all, like, strain, like, strain, like, on your knees, like, holding that, you know, in, like, a squat and stuff. And, like, the high-fly flow, you, like, land on your hips. Like, he's probably just... 
I mean, he hasn't he hasn't changed his style. I mean, half the time he goes to a, a table when he does these high fly flows and stuff. He'll do like a table to the outside yep. and stuff and like yep. So, but hey, he still took like a rock bottom through the table on this yep. one. So for sure. Yep. So you know, major props to Tanahashi, like legend, absolutely. And then yeah, I, I could have taken or or left the brawl at the end. Um, I understand why they did it though. Like you said, yeah, I mean, get they're it. they're trying to get people to tune into Blood and Guts this week. They they want to pop a big rating, and I have no I have no problem with it um, at all. Um, but they also might have had some extra time, and they were like, well, because like Tanahashi and Mox or uh, was it Tanahashi and Mox after the match were just like staring at each other in the ring for like a while as like everyone else is just like fighting on the outside. Um, but anyway, yeah, this pay-per-view was probably some recency bias, but like this was like legitimately one of the best pay-per-views I feel like I've ever watched. Like it was just, every match was great and it was a cool vibe. So do you have it as pay-per-view of the year so far? I mean, I'd have to like really sit down and think about it because like I say this almost every time AEW has a pay per view, I'm like that was the best one. Like it, it yeah. mean, the, the real ah. takeaway is this: like if you're if you consider yourself to be a pro wrestling fan and you're not watching AEW pay per views, then like I don't know what to tell you. Like I agree, like, it's you have it's to can't watch miss. Yeah. It's can't miss. It absolutely is can't miss. I think Revolution was probably pay per view of the year till this one because I I don't think Double or Nothing was better than Revolution. So to me. This this one, it's pro, it, pro wrestling wise, like match quality, everything. I think it's the best pay per view of the year. If you're gonna add, you know, because because Revolution was CM Punk and MJF and the dog collar match and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So there was yeah. some really good stuff in there. Um, so if you want to talk about like overall storylines, everything, probably Revolution, but like just strictly pro wrestling, like Forbidden Door is is number one. So would you put Orange Cassidy and Osprey as match of the year then over because F- <clears throat> FTR and Briscoes is such a different type of match. Yeah. I'll also, say this: Punk, in my and, opinion, Punk and MJF's way up there for me too. In my opinion, the match of the year has not happened yet. I think I think something down the down this summer lane to winter or whatever the fall like i think something will happen that will top it yeah i agree especially like whenever kenny comes back like he's not coming back to not have five-star matches like yeah i I think he'll want to slow it down a little bit go for the trios title and stuff but after a while he's he's gonna want to get in there but if the trios title is like him and the young bucks like those are gonna be like five-star matches like like you know like so well, yeah, and then what's interesting sick. too is like they've got to release Roderick Strong at some point, right? They're right. doing oh, yeah. absolutely nothing with him. So if like you could get Adam Page back with Kenny and the Bucks and do that versus the Undisputed Era, oh my God, like that yeah. would be incredible. Mm, you know what? I got to, this is probably my match of the year, honestly. Cody and Seth Hell in a Cell, like that was it, incredible. It was incredible. I don't know if it's my match of the year, but it's a candidate. Yeah. Because the thing with Cody and Seth, I think you could put any of them up there. Yeah. All three of them. But I the, the added story match, with Cody's oh, arm sure. and Packers. Sure. I mean, but I still yeah. don't. I still don't think we've had it yet. I still don't think we've had it yet. I think yeah. there will be something better. Um, but but it's you know like me and Brandon were talking midway stuff like wrestler of the year and all that stuff and i mean right now like moxley everyone's saying 
I think Adam Page really has to be under consideration. Yeah. Um, I think Will Ospreay will definitely be in consideration by the time this is all over with after the G1s and all that stuff. But not as big of a platform, but like I think Speedball Mike Bailey is in the conversation too. Yeah. And then like, uh, Dax Harwood, I think, is actually in the conversation as well. Because if you're going to consider FTR what they do and then also his singles matches, that, that's up there. So. And I mean, Cody's wrestled the same person every time, but like Cody's, Cody's, I mean, he's got to be in the conversation a little bit. Yeah, I just, it, it's just going to suck because he just fell short. Like, not, yeah. not his fault. Just, he only but what if he wins wrestle. the title by the end of the year? Like, he beats Roman and the match is incredible. Like, I mean, it could be up there, I guess, but I, I don't think he'll be back by then. I think he'll be back by January. Royal Rumble. I think, I think Royal Rumble is where we'll see him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, incredible pay-per-view incredible thing. I'm so happy for new Japan. I'm so happy for, um, I'm so happy for AEW. I really want to see this be a great partnership. It makes so much sense for both sides. Uh, just incredible. God, I wish they could work things out with the Bushi, get that on track. And then everybody comes back from injuries and then we can have some some real fun. Yeah. We had a uh, super ha- super chat here from Chris Warden. Thanks as always, Chris. Um, Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you so much. It says, evening boys, early numbers coming out for Forbidden Door. Put it at over a million dollars in tickets sold and over 100,000 pay-per-view buys. With all the injuries going into the show, this has to be considered a win. Oh, absolutely. I com- yeah. Absolute win, for sure. Especially, like... My biggest concern was, is listen, a lot of those people that bought tickets were expecting CM Punk to be there. And when he was out, then it was kind of like, okay, we're in Chicago, no CM Punk, like this sucks. And then there's multiple of injuries start coming in. And then like, of course, Kenny Omega isn't available yet. Like, there's just so much that was against this show. And man, they just found a way to, to get it done and found matches that worked. I mean, I don't think anybody was asking for Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. Even the matches that we came up with was not any of those. And, I mean, it it, it may, ended up being match of the night. So, yeah. you just never never sleep on certain guys. Like, in my opinion, don't sleep on Ospreay. Don't sleep on the Young Bucks. They're always going to deliver. It does not matter. And then, honestly, like, I – I'm almost sad that we're not going to really know what's going to happen with New Japan. They're just kind of going to go their separate ways for a while, and then we'll see what happens. But I'm also really looking forward to where AEW is heading and their future storylines and Blood and Guts. Like, Blood and Guts is an awesome match. I'm really looking forward to that. So, And we get it on free TV tomorrow. That's and awesome. we add we add Claudio to the mix. Like, Hell so yeah. much greatness. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. This – uh this match deserves a shout out to Cody versus yep. the ladder match, which feel that feels like it wasn't this year. Like, cause it feels like so much has happened since then. Like it, to me, that feel like that was this year. You're right. So that was honestly one of the best ladder matches, if not like the best ladder match I've ever seen, like for like a one-on-one ladder match. Yeah. Um, you know, the original with like, or the quote unquote original with, with Sean and in razor and stuff like that's always going to, that, that'll always stand the test of time. But like, I thought Sammy and Cody was really, really, really damn good. Um, we had a super chat from 
way earlier that I want to pull up as we transition from a banger of a pay-per-view over into talking about the WWE. Um, we have Michael Jung. Thank you very much, Michael, as always. Yeah, um, appreciate it, Michael. Yep. And I know you're looking forward to the NFL season as well. Uh, says, hey, guys, a lot of talk about Cena's all-time rank. Where do you guys rank him, and what are your thoughts on his career run? Um, uh, me personally, I think if there is a Mount Rushmore of WWE wrestlers and you have to pick four people, I think he's one of those four people. Yeah, I mean – Especially box office wise, right? Like it's probably uh, like if you're gonna do like box office, probably Hogan, Austin, Rock, Cena. Yeah. If you're talking like box office. Yeah. If you're talking just like wrestler, absolutely not. But I I do think though that like overall, like he if you're gonna talk about like WWE's greatest superstars, he's yeah. definitely in that top five. They want to call him the greatest. He's not the greatest in my opinion. I think his longevity made him that's so special. Thing. Yeah. And a lot of guys weren't able to do that. So that's where he's always going to have that ranked above them. But like, listen, Hogan dominated the, the 80s, the 90s. Like, he was the man and he did it as a heel and a face. And that's one thing that I'll hold against Cena is he was strictly a face the entire time. That, I mean, he was heel when he was the rapper, but it was before he was really over. It actually got him over, which is funny. But I I don't think he's bigger than Hogan. I don't think he's bigger than Austin. I, I'm not – I don't even think he's bigger than The Rock. But I do think, though, like for his generation, he was the Hulk Hogan. And I do think also he's proven that he is the draw that nobody else is in this company. Like – he sold out that show last night. Um, Roman Reigns isn't selling out shows. He's just not. Like, you, you can say whatever you want about your tribal chief and all that stuff, but, like, at the end of the day, Cena's a way bigger draw than Roman Reigns. And he has a way bigger connection with all ages. Yeah. So I think that he's everything that the WWE wants in a superstar. His work ethic was through the roof insane. And... Um, he he got better when he didn't have to. That's one thing that I'll always respect him for is the fact that by the time that he got over, he didn't have to be a great wrestler, and he chose to get better, and he chose to keep pushing his craft to the point to where he was having match of the year candidates. U.S. He, Open Challenge was a game US changer for him. That was insane. And then his CM Punk feuds, his CM Punk matches, his Brian Danielson matches or Daniel Bryan, like all these things that he was able to start pulling off. He didn't have to do that stuff. Goldberg never chose to do that. Right. Like Goldberg never wanted to be that type of wrestler. He just wanted to go in there and smash people and that's fine. But like, even like a Batista, right. But like Cena, Cena could have easily took that route and just hit his five moves and walked away and, took the money and thank you but he 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 pushed himself and i give him a lot of credit for that i have a lot of respect for cena i miss cena i think he's a huge part of the wwe without him it just doesn't feel the same like think of how much hype you would be if it was going to be like cena and cody like yeah think, i love that stuff like that like cena's definitely missed um but he's 45 years old dude like he put in his time his body's beaten to shit he's 
he's now on to Hollywood. I don't blame him. And uh, I think it's really their fault that they never really prepared the future generation because the, the people that got seen over was literally like all the stars. He beat everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and we hated did. it as it happened, but Absolutely. in hindsight, like they needed to do that for sure. And they don't really have that right now. I, mean, I thought Austin theory's little, or uh, theory, uh, little confrontation with Cena backstage was pretty good. And it, it, it was like, okay, this could definitely happen. And hopefully theory gets the rub, but there, he just needs to be a baby face. No point of him being a heel, but whatever. I, I, I do think Cena has a lasting legacy and, you know, as much as people hated him and all that stuff, at the end of the day, I think he definitely had a great career. And I think he's WWE wise, I think he's one of the top superstars they've ever had. Yeah, I agree. I like I honestly think like if I had to rank the like the biggest superstars in WWE history based on like their actual WWE run, like and this is why I would like I wouldn't have The Rock in my Mount Rushmore only because like Austin was always like when they were both there, it was like Austin was number one. The Rock was like as close as you can possibly be, but like Austin was the guy up until Austin left. Like, yeah, you know, but like within the company, like I'd probably say Hogan at number one, mainly because like even to this day, people who don't know what wrestling is will still associate Hulk Hogan with what wrestling is. Like, yep. like to this day. But right after that for me is Cena, only because Austin's run was short. It was only yeah. like a few years. I'm on top. Cena had like 15 like legitimate years of like yeah. being their main guy. And I think like so I feel like for me it's between Cena and Hogan for like best superstar they've ever had. If you're asking me like my personal Mount Rushmore, it's more gonna be like Savage, Jericho, Michaels, like those kind right. of guys. But like right. for what for what they were within wrestling, within the WWE specifically, I'd have Cena austin hogan and then the last spot is like you probably someone like a uh i mean i'd be okay with like a michaels or a bret hart or like i'm not the biggest undertaker fan but i would mean i can understand the but I, but he with his longevity and the under in the wrestlemania so here's my thing Here, here's here's a hot take i've got triple h over undertaker i i'm okay oh i'm, I'm okay with that personally for sure yeah. would you have triple h over michaels no so yeah, yeah, I'd have Michaels in that spot also. Probably. Yeah. What about Bret Hart? I, Bret Hart or Michael? You're more of a of Michaels I'm, I'm fan. A, I'm a Michaels. Yeah. I'm a Michaels yeah. fan. Yeah. Same. I would. I would. I, I like just impact for me wise. Like I would have Triple H over Bret Hart just for me. It's understandable. I, I know that that's heat, but like I don't think people realize how badass Triple H was when he was like in his prime. And I know people hated the whole thing. He got so much heat for Mary and Stephanie and all that stuff. But I mean, to me, Brett, Brett was interesting. And, but I feel like he only started to become interesting as he was leaving the WWE because he was so cookie cutter. Like he was just such a good guy, you know? And then when he turned heel with team Canada, that's when he started to get like interesting. And then he went to WCW and he was absolutely nothing there. So it's just hard to really put him as so high, especially over someone like Shawn Michaels that was able to come back and really submit his legacy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm totally with you 
Um, so thank you for the super chat once again. And uh, anyone else who wants us to deep dive on anything like that, uh, if you send a super chat or, or a donation, we'll make sure to put it on the screen, answer your question, read your statement out. Um, we're going to do some predictions right now. Mm. Um, Alexander Fitzgerald, please, I know you're still in here. Um, if you have Twitter, that would be actually be the best. If um, if you could just like follow me on Twitter or just like send me a, a message, like uh, uh, me like mention me on Twitter. Just so I see a way of getting your Twitter handle so that I can make sure to give you a free entry for the WrestleRumble.com Money in the Bank uh, Pick'em Contest. Um, for those of you who are interested in the contest, by the way, these are the prizes. Um, I was going to give away an entry this week, but we're just going to give it to uh um to trevor or sorry to uh alexander fitzgerald because uh he he won last week and i was unable to get in touch with him uh but for those of you who want to part participate in the contest it's first place five hundred dollars second place two hundred dollars third place one hundred dollars in fourth place oh, i'm sorry i have the wrong uh contest in front of me i'm still looking at the forbidden door one <laughs> I, I know i know they put up the uh the new one on their twitter they just haven't updated their website yet let me pull it up real quick, y'all. I think it was something pretty similar, though. But I think they also included some action figures this time. So, yeah, first place is 500. Second place is 300. Third place is 100. Fourth place is 10 mystery Hasbro figures. That's pretty tight. Interesting. Yeah, I like it. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do predictions right now for Money in the Bank 2022. Um, I have not watched the WWE product since the last pay-per-view, which I believe was Hell in a Cell. That would have been the Cody and Seth show, which I really enjoyed. Yep. I, I actually always enjoy these WWE pay-per-views because I watch it once a month. Um, yep. I have not looked at these matches yet. This will be my first reaction to seeing these. And Doug, I think, is just as out of the loop as I am. So yep. if you have predictions that you want uh, read out, once again, Super Chats is the way to go to make sure they get heard and to get read out. And if you want to just type them in the chat while we're going along, we're going to keep an eye out on those uh, to see how y'all are feeling about Money in the Bank. So Theory versus Bobby Lashley for the U.S. Championship. Um, uh that was that's an interesting one i guess right because um, like they're still protecting lashley pretty big time right and like theory is like their next guy so this yeah this I, is i'm kind of i don't like me. that uh I, I'm, I'm hoping theory like i don't i don't know how he'll win but i hope he wins especially i feel like he might be facing cena at SummerSlam. it just kind of seems like they could do that um so yeah i'm, I'm gonna say theory yeah, I'm gonna go with theory as well. Um, is the Lashley and Omos stuff done with? Maybe I'm, Omos like so. screws him. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> is Omos on the show? Oh, he's in the Money in the Bank match. Yes, oh, he is. Oh, let's go. Oh, yeah, let's yeah. go. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. Um, okay, we have so we're gonna both take theory in that one. Um, after that, we have the Usos versus the Street Profits. I. I saw a picture of Montez Ford the other day on Twitter and he was like yoked. I was like, what happened yeah. with this guy? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, this is the undisputed WWE tag team championships. I'm going to go with the Usos because they just recently won the titles and like um, unified them by beating RK bro and everything and the whole bloodline story and stuff. So I think the Usos I think probably I, I think I heard that the street profits beat them though to put them back on SmackDown. I'm not for sure if that's I might have oh, misheard it or something, but the 
So I don't know if they've already beat them. So that probably makes sense for the Usos to uh, go and win this one. So, yeah, I guess we'll go to the Usos. But I think it might be time for the Street Profits to win if they want to pull that trigger. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Usos. The match will probably be solid. But uh, Ronda Rousey versus Natalia. Uh, this is Ronda Rousey defending the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, I mean, I don't think there's any chance Natalia beats Ronda Rousey, right? It's pretty obvious, probably. Yeah, I think this is a waste, but okay. I'm going Ronda. Yeah, I'd say Ronda by tap out. Um, by the way, I never choose against Charlotte Flair on pay per view, but the only time I ever have was that Ronda Rousey match on the last pay per view because I was like, they're just they're not going to keep beating Ronda, but um. I'm looking forward to the return of the queen. I'll put it that way. Big, big, Charlotte, big Charlotte Flair fan. Romeo talked about Romeo. Actually, a little sneak peek to the spotlight interview. Romeo's favorite wrestler of all time is Charlotte Flair. Like unironically, his favorite wrestler of all time is Charlotte Flair. And I, wow. I respect that. I'm, a, I'm legitimately, I'm a big Charlotte fan. If I'm narrowing it down to just women, she's my favorite WWE uh, women superstar they've ever had, personally. So yeah. Um, moving on, we have. Bianca Belair defending the Raw Women's Championship against Carmella. Um, Bianca's been really impressive, like from what I've seen. Why? But like, I, yeah, I, Car- I have no idea where Carmella's at. The last time I saw her wrestle, she still wasn't very good. Um, Why would they do that? Especially when they just had a triple threat between her, Becky, and Asuka. Like, yeah, that makes no. I mean, Bianca's gonna win this, but that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Bianca as well. Um, yeah, I'm not expecting much out of that. And that's sad because Bianca's been killing it. Like, she really has been doing great. So, oh, Romeo was saying it was supposed to be Rhea Ripley, uh, but she's okay. okay. That makes a lot more sense. But they don't have anyone better in the ring to just fill in than Carmella. Surely they do, right? Um, but Mella's money. I don't know. Maybe she's gotten better since last time I've watched. We'll see. Um, I still well, they also like the they also have to have all the females in the money in the bank, right? So that takes a right. lot of them. So that's, that's probably true. a huge problem. That's actually the only thing that makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, we'll get into that in just a second. I still remember Carmella as like the as like the hair stylist for Enzo and Cass in NXT. Yeah. Like, I, like I still yeah. associate like that as her. Um, uh, all right, so yes, to your point, which is very valid, which this makes a lot of sense as to why Carmella. It's funny because like she wasn't good enough to be like qualified for like this ladder match, but like she gets a title shot because they just need to have Bella beat somebody. Um, all right, so we have Lacey Evans versus Alexa Bliss versus Liv Morgan versus Raquel Rodriguez, who I'm assuming yeah. was Raquel Gonzalez from NXT. That's um, right. Big change there. Right. Uh, we have Oscar. <laughs> Surprised to call her Raquel. Yeah, right, right. Um, or just Rodriguez. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> kind of funny. Why um, not? Uh, God. Remember Ramon Rodriguez pledge? Anyway, <laughs> yep. 90s. Um, we have Oscar and Shotzi and Becky Lynch. Um, well, I think Becky Lynch. Yeah, I think Becky Lynch or Oscar is like pretty 
pretty clear here for me. Um, I'm going to say Becky as well. Yeah, yep. I mean, she's just by far the biggest star in the match. And I'm just, you know, my Vince, my Vince hat on of like, who, who's the biggest star? Becky. So she's winning. So I'm going to just go with her. Not that impressive looking of a match, unfortunately. Um, mm. Like, yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, yeah, we'll go with Becky. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be better than like that weird one they did like a couple of years ago where like they were like doing it from like the WWE headquarters and like, like they, oh, like, yeah. ran, they like ran up the all oh, yeah like yeah yeah remember didn't like Rey Mysterio get like murdered that night like someone like threw him off the top, like so. Baron Corbin like threw him off the top of the building or something yeah <laughs> okay anyways um and then uh, what I'm assuming will be the main event of the show we have the men's version of the Money in the Is Bank that it? match that's all the matches yeah there's only six matches announced but they'll probably have like thirteen by Saturday. <laughs> So, yeah, they like to keep their pay per views at like three hours, so they yeah. might only have like two more. There's not a lot of forward thinking, so it's like they're like, Oh, wait, we need more matches for this. We'll just start doing I like, we'll probably, I'll bet anything we get Madcap Moss versus Baron Corbin on this because they do it like every week, it seems like. Um, and I love Madcap Moss for what it's worth. That guy will be a WWE champion one day, anyways. Mm-hmm. All right, here's the Money in the Bank ladder match. We have Seth freaking Rollins. We're like Seth freaking loser because every time I watch WWE this year, he's lost. Um, Drew McIntyre and his big sword. Sheamus, who now is like hanging out with Butch, doing his thing. Him and it was Ridge Holland, the other guy. Like Butch. We got Sami Zayn. Still, I mean, can't be Johnny Knoxville, but like in the world title mix. Riddle who I yep. did see his match with Roman Reigns the other week. That was really good. Um, yep. I'll give him credit all day for that. Um, there is a mystery opponent, a, a, a TBD, and there is also my man Omos in this thing. Um, Omos, the gimmick here should be Omos doesn't even climb the ladder. He just, like, grabs it. Like, that'd be pretty cool. Um, who do you think wins this match? And who do you think the mystery person? You think Cody comes back? Right away? No, no, I do not. <laughs> Even though they did do an interview with Cody, and he talked about if Seth wins, he'd be the first one to congratulate him and all that stuff. So mm. Cody's definitely working on his rehab. Um, I like KO. That's a good one, Kevin That's Owens. Why it makes, makes the most sense. sense? Yeah. Um, I think Seth's gonna win. I just think that. He's taken too many L's. This is his chance to kind of redeem himself. And uh, also Becky wins. Seth wins. It's like the power couple wins the money in the bank. That's my prediction. Both of them, Becky and Seth, will win. Yeah, that's a good call. It's kind of like what we just saw with uh, Adam Cole and uh, Rick Baker both winning the Owen tournaments over in AEW. Um, well, which is funny because they might have got the idea from them to do right. this. <laughs> kind of where I was going with that, yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I when when someone in the chat know when they're gonna announce the the mystery person? Is this like a day of the show thing? Is there like a qualifying match on SmackDown or something? I'm guessing. Um, this is on Saturday, also like up against the UFC, which is interesting. Um, Shout out to Impact Wrestling for deciding to run a Friday instead. <laughs> they were like, yeah, screw this. We're not going to go against WWE in the UFC. Um, yeah. 
I, I guess, I mean, I think Seth Rollins makes the most sense. I, I think if it isn't Rollins, I think it'll be real. But um, I think Rollins makes the most sense because he, like you said, he's got to win something, if, especially if they're going to keep him in like the main event scene and everyone else keeps getting injured and they need him in that spot. Like he makes the most sense. So I'm going to go with Seth freaking Rollins as well. Yeah. No, it's probably, probably right. Hope I'm lost like wins though. My heart's with Omos. Yeah. Um, I don't. So that's <laughs> that. <laughs> so, so we can talk about some UFC real quick before we get out of here. Yep. Um, Which, by the way, this is going on the same time the UFC is going on. That's what I'm just saying. Like, yeah, like UFC. I am not. Be. I am not watching this over UFC. No way in hell. Yeah, I'll be dual screening, but I will have UFC like the volume on for the UFC. Like WWE will be muted. Um, yeah. So anyway, Money in the Bank looks pretty lame on paper. We'll see if it winds up. I mean. And I'm sure I'll enjoy it though. Like I legitimately have enjoyed all the WWE pay-per-views this year. And like I've said so many times, I think it's because I'm just watching the show once a month and I'm not like torturing myself by watching like five hours of WWE programming a week, like hoping it's going to get better each week. Like I just have accepted it for what it is and I hope that we get some good matches, you know? So well, we'll they're kind of in the same boat where, like, AEW, they're missing a lot of stars. There's injuries. Like Randy yeah. Orton, Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns is, like, a part-timer <laughs> now. John Cena's part-timer, if that. Like, they're they're not in the best of shape, so just yeah. make do with what they got. Alexander, thank you very much. I will message you on Twitter right after the show to get your email address so we can get you this free entry. Thank you very much for that. I agree with this right here. This is pretty funny. If you have any respect, you watch UFC over WWE. If you have any self-respect. Um, yeah, UFC best card of the year. Yeah, I mean this this is this really is a great a great card. Um so yeah, and it's also they're both happening in Vegas. Like not only is it like happening at the same time, it's like happening in the same like on the same street. <laughs> like yeah. Crazy. Um it is wild. I saw it would make even, so much sense to do like one on Sunday, the one on Saturday. That way, like if people are in town, they could do both. And what the bit now? Yeah, but like Dan is not the one who has to move. Like, like no, Vince I agree. Not, yeah, no. Well, yeah. and they already moved it. Like you're right. the one that tried to sell out Raider Stadium and couldn't do it, and made it a fool out of yourself. And now you're at the MGM Grand, which there's no slouch, but you know you put yourself in a bad position. Yeah, I saw a WWE, one of their social medias, like WWE, BT Sport, or like some random WWE, they have so many of them. But one of them was like, it was like some sort of picture that was like, oh, UFC also happens to be here this weekend. Like, if you're in town for the UFC, just know WWE is also here. And it's like, no one's an international fight week for the WWE. Like, that's going to be... Right. That might as well, for that fan base, for the most part, that might as well be, like, Ringling, like, Barnum and Bailey in town. They're just like, oh, the circus is here, too? Like, that's not that's not for us, you know? Yeah. Um, What's anyway. funny is they'll probably see a lot of them walking around in casinos, and they'll be thinking to themselves, like, dude, that's a fighter. Look at him. He's Jack. It's got to be a fighter. Let's go <laughs> talk to him. And then it's, like, a WWE star, and they had, like, no idea. Oh, my gosh. Von Rossi, you're fighting this weekend? Well, kind of. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I bet Dana would get her tickets. Yeah. 
True. Hey, I still I still like Rhonda. You know, I she doesn't have the same kind of like hype and buzz she she once did, but like I, I respect Rhonda. I'm not one of those people that hates on her. Um you ready uh you ready to see her fight Gina Carano? Do you think that's like actually a possibility? Well, Joe Rogan talked to Gina Carano today. She was on the Joe Rogan podcast today, and she she didn't sound like she would not say no. She's 40 though, so that's pretty whoa. And then she said though that she's looking she feels like she's gotten out of shape. So she's looking for something to motivate her to get her in shape. And she said that it was really close to happening a while back. I've and heard that, yeah. they offered her a million dollars. They offered her a million dollars to fight Rhonda. And she just needed six months. She needed six months to find a camp and they looked into training and everything. And then uh, it didn't happen. But to me, like, Gina's basically canceled from like the mainstream and stuff. So it's like if she wanted to pull this off and actually do it, I think it's a way to get her uncanceled. And uh, I think it would be kind of smart because a lot of it, she just needs to be able to tell her story, which she did on the Joe Rogan show, which I'm really happy for that she was able to do that. But um, it would be interesting. Like, I think this would be huge because she has a huge fan base and it would be people that don't even watch UFC would, would order this pay-per-view to support her. So in that aspect, I think it'd be cool. And I think if the UFC could get a chance to get Ronda and Gina just for one fight, you don't have to worry about them climbing up the ladder or anything like that. Like it makes sense. So if she's really actually willing to do it, I think it could, it could happen, especially but I don't know how the WWE would let Ronda out of her deal and all that stuff. But um, and she also said she's not interested in fighting Ronda at like one two hundred five or one eighty five, like a freak show match. Like she would get down to shape to see if she could she could fight her at that weight. So I don't know. I I, it, I think Ronda would likely win because of the ground game. And Gina has also been completely inactive. But, I mean, man, we saw when Ronda got tagged, like, she completely folded. And I think her confidence is nowhere near what it used to be. So, it'd be kind of an interesting fight. I'd actually want to see it. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense for both of them. Like, in the UFC, with the right marketing, like, they could get people really hyped for it as, like, a big attraction. Like, a big, like, co-main event with, like, a Conor McGregor main event type thing. Um you know, and also with Pena being the champion, if, if she retains over Nunez, I could see the winner of that fighting Pena just as like a big money grab, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I I'd be totally fine with Ronda versus Carano in yeah. 2022. No problem with it. Yep. Um, as far as the show this weekend, let's go through some of the big fights here. Main event, basically the main card. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they got even the the prelims have some bangers, but um. Yep. But yeah, Israel Adesanya defending the middleweight championship against Jared Cannonier. Um, personally, I think Adesanya's got more tools. I think Cannonier, yep. like this is the right matchup though. Cannonier's the only guy in like the top 10, top five that Izzy hasn't already been like recycling as like rematches and stuff. Like Cannonier's a fresh opponent. Cannonier's earned the earned it in my opinion based on Adesanya beating anyone else who'd be above him in the rankings. Yeah. Um, so but I just think I don't know if it's going to be a stoppage or if it goes the distance. But I think if it goes to a decision, Adesanya for sure will win. Um, unless Cannonier, I mean, do you think Cannonier has any kind of like, like does he grapple Adesanya? Does he try to like, like kind of like big brother him, kind of like Blahovich did? Because Cannonier is 
a, I mean, he was a heavyweight at one point. I think um, he's going to try to have a dirty fight, like a street fight, more not the technical fight. So, but I mean, I think Adesanya is going to figure that out in a couple of rounds and then start picking him apart. Like, I just think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I'm going to go Adesanya on, on that one. It sounds like you're Me the too. same. Yep. Um, this fight is the hardest one to predict on the whole show, in my opinion. We had the featherweight championship, Alexander Volkanovsky defending against Max Holloway in a trilogy fight. Um, I say it all the time. I think the best top 15 in all of MMA is the UFC featherweight division. Um, and part of it is having guys like this at the top. Like the rematch, a lot of people Holloway think won. Um, Volkanovsky, I think, had a clearer win in their first match. But both fights have gone the decision. These are the two best featherweights in the world, in my opinion. I mean, both guys, I think, are still in their prime. Um so I, I love this trilogy. I mean, it makes it makes all the sense in the world. And Holloway has re-earned his way back to the title shot. Like, it, all this makes sense. Um, I Man, I my, I have a gut feeling about Holloway getting it done this time. But Volkanovski's so damn good and he's so technical. And he's on such a run that, like, I think I'm still going to go Volkanovski as my pick. What about you? Man, I don't know, because I really have felt like Max Holloway has won those fights. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm torn, Is has Volkanovski gotten better? And if he has, how much better? And, like, usually in rematches, it's usually, like, a decisive finish. And these guys still are just, like, neck and neck with each other. Something's got to give. It was a split um, decision last time. I mean, they couldn't have been any closer. Very, very and, – and, like, Max was dominating at the beginning, and then Volkanovski came back in the end. And I didn't think he did enough, but he did win the fight. So – and, I mean, I can't just – I can't get past how bad Max beat Calvin Cater. I mean, he beat that man I, – I think he took years off of his career. I mean, he beat the living piss out of him. And that was the last time he fought – so I'm very torn. I'm going to go with Max. I just think that Max is finally going to get it. He knows what he needs to do to finish the Scott, to, to finally win because he's come close so many times, and I think he's won both of them. So frustrating, and uh, I think Max finds a way to, to get it done, and we'll have to change the graphic at the bottom for next week. This is – I mean, it's honestly the – that, like I said, is the hardest one for me to predict on this whole show. Like, I could pretty much flip a coin – but I just Volkanovski. I mean, the way he just destroyed Korean zombies. People can say what they will about where zombies at in his career, but like, I mean, that was we've never seen zombie get messed up like that. I mean, that was just personally. I'm hoping that Volkanovski just like destroys Max, and then it's like we had know who the clear number one guy is. It's not like it's still up in the air. Oh, it was close. We'll see what happens. Like. Whatever the case may be, I want it to be decisive. Yeah. Well, then, like, kind of in the wake right now in that division, like, and this is why I'm always just hyping this division up so much, because literally you take anyone in the top 15, you match up against each other, and it's, like, fight of the night, like, almost every time. And right now you have, like, Josh Emmett kind of getting up to that title shot territory, who I think is a really dangerous guy. You have Yair Rodriguez and Brian Ortega fighting soon. I mean, that pretty much number one contender. Ortega's had his shot, though, but, like, if Yair wins, I could see Yair getting a title shot. Like, I mean, there's just so much freaking talent in that division. So, like, 
this is uh this is the best of the best out of that. And um, so yeah, I'm gonna go Volkanovski. Sounds like you're going Holloway. Yeah, I'm on Max. And and Max is the underdog for yep, what plus Romeo seventy five. But that's still that's for for my liking. That's still too close. Unless you're gonna parlay that. Um, yeah. With some other stuff. Right. Um, the most but like Cannoneer is plus three forty. Adesanya minus four forty. That makes more sense yeah. to me too. So let me tell y'all what I look at if I were to allegedly place bets on these kind of things. Okay. <laughs> when it becomes legal, this is what you would do. Right. Like this past weekend, I may or may not have put, well, sorry, allegedly, maybe hypothetically, <laughs> I could have put money on a parlay of, I took, um, in a video game, allegedly, I took, um, it was uh, Umar Nurmagomedov by, KO or TKO in the second or third round and parlayed that with the dude, uh, the dude who fought, um, oh my gosh, I, I gotta, I gotta pull the card up real quick. It was the, um, it was the submission, uh, with Neil Magny, uh, Rachmanov. I took Rachmanov by submission in rounds two or three and Rachmanov hit Umar Nurmagomedov could have finished that fight at any point and just didn't like, but yep. if he would have finished him, it was like, I, it was like a $10 bet. No, it was a $15 bet. And that was it. I got half of it because I got the submission, but if Umar would have just like postured up and just thrown some punches, the ref probably would have stopped it. Cause he was just dominating on the ground. Yep. I would have won $2,000 on a $15. Bet. Uh... Like, like, like those, like those kind of bets is what I would recommend looking for. Like over like the like five fight or six fight parlays and that kind of stuff. Look for like realistic scenarios and put a few of those together. And you'd be surprised at some of the, some of the odds you can get. Like um, that's the kind of stuff that I look for. And, it, and I come so close so often and it's worth it. Like I'll, I'll lose $15 on a, on like a legitimate chance to win two grand. Like, right. you know, I'll go for, sure. for it. Um, so anyways, um, that being said, the next fight, you know, let's go through the main card real quick. Uh, Sean Strickland and Alex Pereira. Pereira is most well known as knocking out Israel Adesanya in box. Was it boxing or kickboxing? Kickboxing. Kickboxing. Um, knocked him out cold with like a left hook. Uh, they've showed that that video. Didn't even really hit him that hard either, but. He's got him right. Probably yeah. on the button. Yeah, so um in Strickland, you know, he's saying a lot, he's making a lot of decisions. Um <laughs> uh, you know, well it worked if out. You, for him. If you could meet a guy that like is trying to get canceled, it's gotta be this guy. <laughs> like it's he's not even like on his best behavior, like he's not even trying to be PC on anything. No, if he keeps winning, he'll be okay for at least the short term. But like the second he starts losing, like he's one of those guys where like like his UFC career is probably going to be over. Like Covington can like weather some losses because like he beats everyone but the champion. But yeah. like you know, Chael Sonnen could like talk his way into title fights and stuff. But like this guy's making some decisions, and I think that I think what the UFC is hoping for is Pereira knocks this dude out and like it's on the same show where izzy is in the main event and they yep. can do him versus izzy like and hype it I honestly, the last guy to knock him out i honestly think though if strickland wins he's the next guy because that's like six Probably, or seven yeah. in a row like he's 
He's won. He, there's nobody that like, and Izzy hasn't fought him yet. So like, I could definitely see him being the guy if he wins. So I think this is almost the number one contenders fight. So and Romeo saying in the chat. I mean, that's that's not very big, uh, big like discrepancy. But like, damn, Pereira's the but Pereira is technically the the favorite, which I think is kind well, of because surprising. if it stays standing, he's gonna light Strickland up to pieces. Strickland. But see, I think Strickland's dumb enough to stand with them. Yeah, I can't remember if I took either of them in our draft kings or not. Um, I'm gonna. So you're? Are you taking Strickland or Pereira? I'm very torn. Um, God, I don't know. I, I'll probably leave this fight alone in the DraftKings, but uh, I'll probably. I'll probably go prayer because I think Strickland's dumb enough to stand with him. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good call. Yeah, I didn't take either of these guys either. Um, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go Strickland. I'm gonna go Strickland. But I like the matchup a lot. I hope there's a finish. That'd be good to see between those two. Um, the next one, this one's real interesting. Pedro Munoz versus Sean O'Malley. Um, the Sugar Show, I think, has been very impressive. Outside of his loss to Cheeto Vera, he's looked really damn good. Um, outside, and well, and there was that one fight where he like broke his leg, and his opponent like just didn't just let him up. But outside of that, he's he has he has lived up to the hype. But the the talent level, Munoz is legit. I mean, you're getting into like the deep waters of the bantamweight division, but. Is he in his prime anymore? Probably not. Like, you know, O'Malley, you know, I, I'm going to take Sugar Sean. I just think he's, you know, he's flashy. He's he's really good at, at keeping his distance. I think he's more like entering his prime as Munoz is like kind of leaving his prime. So I'm going to go well, with Sugar, I, Sugar Sean. I, everyone's trying to make it out like, oh, this is the true test. This is the real test. I don't think Munoz is the real test. Like, I, I still think that Sugar should beat him. Um, when he's lost it, four of his last five fights, many of us. This is what I'm saying. Like this is not this is not the real test. But We've still been waiting. To be fair, though, I have to say, like almost all of his opponents, at least since we'll just go back to 2019, he's he's beat Cody Garbrandt, lost to Algermain Sterling, lost to Frankie Edgar, beat Jimmy Rivera, lost to Jose Aldo, lost to Dominic Cruz. So I mean, it has been all top level. Guys, no, I'm fair. not saying he's a bum, but but it's time for Sugar to like face the real the real guys in this division, and I don't think Munoz is one of those guys. I agree, and I also think that listen, like you lost to Cheeto Vera, and and that doesn't look like a fluke anymore because well, Cheeto's the real deal. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So like, and then you refuse to give him a rematch. You don't want to fight him any, again, and then you keep fighting these guys that aren't top level. Like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see if you're the real deal or not. You know what I mean? So, we'll we'll see what happens. But I I don't think that he is. Uh, I don't think this is the test. So I, I I think I think Sean O'Malley should win this and hopefully doesn't get injured in the fight. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually surprised this isn't the opener on pay per view from what I'm seeing because they usually are start to show off with Sugar Sean. Um, just kind of get the crowd going, get the get the hype beasts out there in yep. their uh, in their supreme uh, hoodies, and like really, you know, really get into it. 
Um, but what I think the opener is going to be is ruthless Robbie Lawler, who yeah. has lost outside of, of course, his most recent fight by beating Nick Diaz, which we're just going to pretend like never happened. Right. Um, we had, I mean, he lost four in a row, albeit to RDA, Ben Askren, which was controversial, Colby Covington and Neil Magny. Um, Robbie Lawler versus Brian Barberina. And Barberina's coming off of a real nice win over Matt Brown. It was a split decision, but it was a really good fight. I was pissed off because I may have allegedly, hypothetically had some money on Matt Brown that night. Um, you ha- And he also beat Gary in uh, weeks before that. So he's won his last two. Barberina's a tough guy. I mean, this, this fight makes a lot of sense on paper. Like, they're both guys who are really tough, really durable, really heavy-handed. I mean... Lawler obviously his punch card is like way up there. So like you never know for sure what you're gonna get from him, I feel like right now. Um and I think Barbarina is just a little more hard headed still, a little fresher, hungry. So I'm gonna take Barbarina actually over Robbie Lawler. What about you? I'm taking Robbie Lawler. I think I, I think when Robbie has to fight guys that are like extremely skilled and talented, then he could definitely struggle. But this is a right up his alley. If he still has it at all, he's going to destroy him. I, I that's just why I think. I, I think that he's. Uh, I don't think Barbarina is one of those that is like uh, so talented that Robbie's just going to be overwhelmed. I think he's going to allow Robbie to fight his fight, and I think Robbie's going to win. Yeah, and once again, for what it's worth, on that Matt Brown Barbarina fight, um, it was like it was like a five or ten dollar bet or something but like i i took like matt brown like by submission and it was like you know to win like over a thousand dollars on like a five or ten dollar bet like those are the kind of things that i really like looking for is like is it unlikely yeah but like it's possible and like you know yeah so anyway um yeah i'm gonna go barbarini you're gonna go lawler um there's some standout, you know, like Ian Gary's going to be on the show. He's like a big prospect out of Ireland who's got a lot of hype and he's looked really good so far. Isn't, isn't Cerrone facing Jim Miller? Yeah, I was about to get to that one. We got uh, Jim Miller and Donald Cerrone, which obviously Cerrone was supposed to fight Joe Lozon like multiple times recently. And um, Lozon had that freak injury where his knee like popped out of place, um, like tying his shoe, like just like a weird thing but Cerrone's gonna fight Jim Miller instead this is a rematch I I think Cerrone won the first time and it, it had to have been maybe like the mid-2000s I want to say maybe like 2015 or something like that when they fought the first time um let me get that pulled up it's gonna be a bitch looking through these records because it fought so many times I'll um, say this I I feel pretty confident Jim Miller's gonna win this fight yeah so they they they, they first fought in July of 2014 um, and Cerrone won by head kick in that one. I am taking Jim Miller as well, though, on this yep. show. Yeah, yep. I will probably never choose again. Uh, I'll probably never predict Kawhi Cerrone to win ever again, unless he's fighting a guy like a uh, like a Michael Jackson type uh, type <laughs> fighter. Um, no disrespect to Cowboy. It's just like I just don't. It's over. It's. I feel like it's over, and like to a degree it was never there like i i think that i think cowboy is one of the most overhyped fighters in ufc history um i think he had a he had a he had a couple runs that were impressive he was a very likable and marketable guy but i never saw him as like an actual threat to the championship um but that's just me personally um 
Jim Miller, I think, just has more ways to win, especially if this hits the ground. I think Jim Miller is going to grab his neck, you know, just. It's one of those things, too, when, like, you volunteer to fight all the time, like, eventually it just takes its toll. I remember yeah. I remember Koshek was that same way back in the day. Yeah. And, like, eventually his skills just fell off a cliff. And the, and the same things happen with Cerrone now. Like, it's, it's uh yeah, so Cerrone's plus 168, Miller minus 220. Yeah. So I would I would feel pretty damn good about putting money on Miller. I I know he's the favorite, but I think that that's more than likely going to happen. He's going to win. I did take Jim Miller on our DraftKings as well. Yeah. Um, another one that's interesting: Uriah Hall and Andre Muniz on the early prelims. I mean, Uriah Hall still. I mean, he's a he's a wild card, right? Where it's like. One Never fight knows he, to show up exactly when he's on, he's like one of the most dangerous guys in the world. When he's not, it's very boring and just doesn't look good. Um, Andre Muniz, this guy, this is really familiar. Who did he just beat? Which he just drives beat Dana insane. Um, oh, yeah, with with Uriah, yeah, yes. Uh, um, yeah, I remember so Muniz. He just recently beat Eric Anders, but he really got on my radar. He was the dude who submitted Jacare lot last year. Okay. Um, and looked really impressive. I mean, was it last a, year or this year? May of 2021. So about a year ago. Oh around a year ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was at that fight. Yes. Yeah, that was uh in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. So, and Muniz is on a let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fight win streak. He yeah. really seems kind of like the new, you know what? I might have even had Uriah Hall in my draft change. Yeah, I'm going to change that actually. I'm change that to my knees. I would, I'm a I'm I'm a victim sometimes of like, um, of like wanting to use the whole salary cap yeah. instead of just picking people. So I I just switched from Hall to Muniz. It was actually only a one hundred dollar difference on that. Um, so yeah, I just switched to Muniz. So there you go. Real real time. Uh. I mean, I'm gonna be so pissed if I lose because Uriah Hall winds up winning that one fight. Um, I mean, Jessica, I and Macy Barber. Oh, sorry, I'm gonna take Muniz. Are you gonna take Muniz or Hall? I'm taking Muniz all day. Okay. Um, Jessica, I versus Macy Barber. That's an important fight at flyweight. Yeah, that is a that is an important fight. Yeah, I hope Macy wins. Same. She because she's something different and she's right a, a threat to the, the title that we haven't Possible seen. Possible prospect, she's young, like Jessica Eyes had her moments, and it's, yeah, yeah, it's right. I was there live when she got head kicked by Shevchenko. That was nasty. I think that was in Chicago. Um, I yeah, I, I would imagine they'll do Talia Santos and Shevchenko rematch unless Shevchenko is going to go up to Bantamweight. But I think that if Macy Barber wins this fight, she'll be the next. The next one for the title <laughs> macy versus valentina would be rough it would but like valentina's beat everyone else so it's like yeah you know i don't know well valentina says she wants to fight misha right so she might go to bantamweight so we'll have yeah. to see i mean what a weird what a different landscape it would be if the next title fight was like macy barber versus talia santos because like valentina vacates or they need an interim while she fights Tate or it doesn't Tate have a fight coming up? I think she's fighting. So Tate was else. supposed to fight this weekend, but Lauren Murphy had to pull out, so now yeah. she's fighting at the end of July. 
Oh, okay. Gotcha. Maybe it's just July 16th. It's just a couple weeks, but they're fighting. And they're fighting. They're not fighting at the Apex. They're fighting at a fight night that's actually going to be in a at a different location. So, um, yeah. But that was supposed to be on this card as well. Okay. Which is yeah. why Robbie Lawler got bumped up to the main card because um, it was supposed to be Macy. Or it was supposed to be Misha Tate and Lauren Murphy. Yeah, I think yeah, Misha Tate and Lauren Murphy got moved to uh two weeks from now on the Ortega versus Yair card. Okay. Yeah, that's um, nice. That's that's a yeah. nice card. When UFC has shows every every weekend this month too, like it's not like they don't have any weekends off. I mean, even like next weekend is RDA versus Fazeev. Like, I mean, like they're gonna be good fights. Um, so all right. Um, anything else on here? Uh, Brad Tavares. I've always liked him. I don't know much yeah. about Duplacis, his uh, his opponent. I've, I've I've seen him, but um, Jessica Rose Clark. I'm not sure who her opponent is. Um, Brad Riddell versus Jalen Turner. That's a good match too. I think I might have actually taken Brad Riddell on my uh, my picks. Um, but yeah, I mean overall, this is a really good pay per view from top to bottom. This is one where. Another thing, like, you know, like if you are for me, if I am going to do any kind of parlay, allegedly, like I like to do some on the prelims because it keeps me invested on like tuning in early to the show. Like if I'm going to watch another another hit, too, is if you do a small parlay or like not a lot of money, if it jacks up and it messes up because the prelim fell apart, you can still do another parlay later on with all the other ones that you plan on doing. Just not add that prelim one. So true. Very true. But if you done that if before. you do a parlay on the main card only, then once that goes to crap, you're done. So there's no lamer feeling than having like a parlay that includes like the first fight on the show and like you miss out the first fight of the show. Then it's like, oh, all right, get, get, <laughs> yep. get back in this. Um, cool. So yeah, I mean that that's pretty much um, the predictions for the fights that I think anyone would would care about us talking about and uh yeah y'all can follow me on twitter at fight talk underscore I, it's probably a good time to wrap the show up yeah for sure um it's my birthday on thursday so happy birthday you, you guys see uh what you know cody rhodes's birthday and mike tyson's birthday and they're giving shout outs don't forget about me i'm i'm all it's also my birthday so uh nice yeah I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm 30. I'll be 39. So uh, yeah, one more from 40, which is crazy. Life life goes by fast, y'all. So uh, yeah, so it should be a pretty good week for me. And like I said, we got two. Uh, you got the UFC and you got Money in the Bank, so it should be good. Some good shows. Got blood and guts. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a fun week. And uh, you guys take care. Follow me on Twitter. Smash that like button. Uh, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Yep. See you next week. Same time, same place, right here, youtube.com slash Tito for life. Next time y'all can see me will be on Thursday, uh, Thursday morning, youtube.com slash Fightful. I'll be there with Jeremy Lambert doing the spotlight. That'll be at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. But once again, next Tuesday, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on RVD Tito for life. I'm Stephen Jensen for Doug. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight...
Check out more Live Rounds episodes.